Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, bro. When I get the call from the coach and he tells me to go into the game and I get on the sideline and I do my warm-up, a vigorous warm-up in front of all the ladies and I get hot and sweaty just the way they like me. Before I run onto the field, I think to myself, I can either shy away from the confrontation or I can meet it head on. And then I think to myself, what would Coda Nessa do? And I think Coda would put on his terry-telling hat and a smile and not much else and tie me to a chair and smother me in honey and show me pictures of chocks duck, which is a little bit like a chock chup. And then it makes me all hot and steamy, just like the ladies like me and Coda too. And then I think, holy shit, Channel 9's recording this, bro. What was I thinking? Don't listen to don't listen to Channel 9. Don't even watch it. Just listen to This Week in League. Bro. This Week in League. Canberra Milk cancel production of Lime Green Milk and move to production of Lime Green Cruises. We get Sonny Bill's thoughts on all things Rally Tower. Breaking. Rugby League fans don't give a single solitary fuck what some sparkly Twilight Vampire lesbian bookmaker thinks about Rugby Fucking League. And we review the first round of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 111 of this week in league. I'm Nate, and I'm Glenn. Okay, um, last week's episode went down very well. Thanks once again to Matt for coming on. He was partially right, uh, though, in what he said when there was a lot of who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are people just being coy? Yeah. Everyone watches that show. And What's it people, called again? And some people just being fuckheads, too. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah on purpose fuckheads. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, but then there's a lot of people, you know. He picked up a lot of new followers, and I'm sure he's really going to hate us for that down the line when they just keep... Yeah, now they know he's a Canberra fan. Yeah. They're just going to keep slamming him, and you he's, know, if Canberra have a shit year... I suspect his... Uh, his lifespan on Twitter is going to be short-lived. Either that or his block button will get a workout. How about his Logie nomination? Yeah, very good. As we expected, he got a Logie nomination. Can't believe he hasn't won an Oscar yet, but anyway. And the beautiful, baby steps, baby steps. Well, the beautiful thing about the Logies as well is that um, the nominations, while they are based on merit, I believe, the actual winners, not so much, because it's like a, it's a publicly voted thing, so I think it's really whoever slams it the most wins. And Dr. Sexy has got to be the most popular man in that category. He has some competition from uh, Lockie Hume who played uh, Kerry Packer in that uh, in How's That. He was a very flashy role, you know. Yeah. You know, lots, he lots did of, a great job. Lots of, lots, you know, like fucking this and, you know, lots of swearing in it. You no know, DK Lily though. Well, he's not, exactly, he's no DK Lily, but, um, you know. And what about the, the character? What about the character method acting that Lenevere showed by growing that moustache and that rug that shag pile on his chest for that role. Oh, he debunked that that was you know any real issue, any difficulty to grow. Apparently, it's still there. 
I mean, I, you know, I guess we'll have, you know, you'll have to watch some of your topless beach running scenes. <laughs> well, I've got those. I, I just play those on loop at home, naked. But Whatever. anyway, the point is uh, when Logie stuff comes out, we'll get a bit push behind him as well because you know who wouldn't want you know one of our own to win? Yes, you know, against the odds. And, Aussie know, battler. There's every chance he could be wearing a this week in league hat on stage, accepting a Logie. Because <laughs> yeah. hats yeah. go down well on the red carpet. Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll totally not happen at all. But <laughs> okay, um, now uh, we'll we'll get into this issue more as it, as we get into the show. But um, rally towel. Fuck. How fucking good is it? <laughs> well, not very in the implementation currently in the, in, in place at the Broncos. Was it the most cringeworthy uh, event on the weekend? For, for Maybe for Broncos fans. For me, it was one of the funniest things, one of the best nights I've ever had, and probably the best, the most fun time I've had at a game outside of a grand final. And even then, it may have even been more fun than that. You know, we had a, a great special guest last week, and, uh, you know, no doubt Matt will be on the show again. And uh, we'd be happy to have him. But if we could get the motherfucker that was responsible for pushing the button to show that stupid fucking video on the big screen at Suncorp Stadium with those boys waving those rally towels, um, I'd I'd really love to talk to that person. Yeah. Well, the point, the, the thing, the thing that I want to bring up is that uh, then the demand started. You know, when are we going to get a this week in league rally towel? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? The answer is. Sooner rather than later. Up to you guys, seriously. And I'm thinking that this, you know, this might be a, you know, a next, the next toe in the water thing. Uh, we created this week in uh, in league rally towel, and uh, you know, what people will be rallying at games with it. You know, it's up to them. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe they'll just use it for what I heard possible uses of the Broncos rally towel. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I'm fine with that. <laughs> we should put our faces on it. Yeah, then yeah, then it'll definitely get used for some of those things that people are talking about. Um, just uh, what else? I uh, saw a tweet come through from um, Aussie One 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 Nine Eight said that we didn't. We mentioned. I know we mentioned the shoulder charge. It was in that quick fire thing with the ticking clock that that um, three people about. found. Well, yep. four four people found annoying um, out of the thousands that downloaded the episode. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we didn't really go into it too much, but I mean, I thought that our, our, our thoughts were pretty clear from the when we were trolling John Orchard. Uh, the doctor who pushed for the, the ban of the shoulder charge, um, trolling him during the All-Stars game. Uh, I, th- I thought it was pretty clear what, what, our, what our thoughts were on the subject. But, um, and I, I mean, I'm sure we've spoken about it. Was it on the cars late last year or something? I, I feel like it's a conversation that you and I have had. Uh, we may have had the conversation. I don't think it was on air. Yeah. Okay. Is that chocolate over there? Yes. Right. You may have some later. Okay. Tell me about the fucking shoulder charges first. No, no, I think I think I made my thoughts, my personal thoughts, pretty clear. I, I'm going to miss it. I think it's a shame that they went down that path without consulting any of the players. Um, and as I said last week, I, I can understand the reasons behind it, and it's against future litigation and all the rest of it. But it certainly does take away uh, an element of the game, and and one that's very, very popular with the fans, and is quite spectacular to watch. So. Um, I don't know if it's going to come back though. I don't think it's a, you know they've no, gone too no, far down the path now to turn back. So it's, you can't you can't unring that bell. No. So it's, I don't think it's going to come back. I mean the litigation thing. I understand people saying that, but on the other hand, I also have the opinion like you know the NRL has to register contracts, and you could easily have a standard clause in every contract that says this is a fucking contact sport. I, you know, the person signing this contract hereby submit and waive. All rights to future litigation, resulting from potential injuries, blah blah. You know, through my career playing, blah blah. You know what it's I mean? a possibility. Um, 
whether there's any legal loopholes, etc. I don't wear a fancy well, wig, and I'm by no means. Uh, well, let's face it, smart. contracts don't mean shit. So yeah, in exactly. Like that, so. so you know, maybe they might need to, uh, you know, jazz them up a bit more. But um, yeah, and oh, you know, I'm against it too. And it's funny because you see there were so many things, you know, through the first round, even that you go, well, that's a shoulder charge. There was a few. There was a few touch and go. Yeah, for sure. So. You know, it's it's proving hard to police because you know you can make it seems that you can make a real cursory effort of just you know just sticking your arms out sort of yeah. a little bit like shoulder charge and then wrap wrap them up straight afterwards. Yeah. And it's like, there was oh, also some textbook up. shoulder charges from players that clearly forgot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no heat at the moment, which and, is going to happen. And let's face it, you know they're trained like you know eighteen years to you know they're a young player. Exactly. If they're an old guy like you know someone like Gal, you know, yeah, he's been doing it for you know ages. So, last week we had the ticking clock, four people found it annoying. Guess what? Here it comes again. Got a couple of quick points to get through this week, and obviously it won't be as long as last time, but um, suck it up. SBW, OMG, voiceover. Cringeworthy. Fucking one of the worst things on the Worst industry. initiative uh, in television history. It's up there with, uh, you know, Billy Idol halftime show. Yes. Um... Just, just the cringeworthy, you know, any any number of things that happen on the footy show, in the history of the footy show. Uh, yeah, not good. Okay, Tom Waterhouse. Uh, happy, I'm, a, I'm an avid gambler. I'm possibly one of the people that should really listen to the gamble responsibly line. Uh, don't really need Tom Waterhouse rammed down my neck. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I am so glad that I was at the Manly game on Friday night and didn't have to sit through it live because nearly all of the tweets that we got were either about Tom Waterhouse or they, you know, there was a quarter of them that were about the game and then hash, fuck Tom Waterhouse. Or, exactly. you know, fuck Tom or, you know, fuck off Tom. Or, you know, Universally like hated. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, <laughs> rally towel. <laughs> uh, possibly the worst marketing initiative uh, I can see the idea behind it. It's obviously been dragged out in NFL. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, are big behind yeah. it. Uh, I, I get the idea, but they missed the mark grossly. You know, I think the idea is fine, and I don't think they missed the mark as badly. I mean, like, I, th- I found it fucking hilarious um, because it wasn't my team. But um, I don't, they didn't miss the mark that bad. It's called a rally towel. So the idea is, you know, to rally the troops when they need it. So a lot of people are like, oh, you know, why would they put it on after Manly to score a try? Well, because, you know, that's when the Broncos conceivably might need their biggest pick-me-up. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't, you're not cheering for something they've I done I get where well, they're coming from, but it know. certainly looked like, and given the, the colour of the towels, uh, it did look like people were celebrating a manly try. Yeah, and there were yellow ones out. There were, like, yellow ones there, but there were a lot of maroon on one side with the very, you know, thin yellow thin yellow line of the, the Broncos logo, and then the other side was white, so they just looked like manly towels, and they seemed to be the ones on our side of the field, which made it even worse for them. Next, um, the New Zealand Warriors Twitter. Did you see that? Yes. Hilarious. Sacked. Sacked. Now, I retweeted it, old school retweeted it, so when they deleted it, it didn't disappear. A lot of people just, you know, hit the normal retweet and it disappeared. Uh, long story short, after the Warriors game, the um, the official New Zealand Warriors Twitter account said something, well, I don't have it in front of you, but there's something on the lines of, um, look, I'm just going to say what you're all thinking. That was a pretty mud performance. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, then, and so then about, you know, 30 minutes later, maybe, um, it sort of went around and people were slamming them and they're like, oh, okay, the administer 
the, literally I said the administer in charge, you know, who sent that yeah. tweet is, you know, has to personally apologise to the players, blah, blah, blah. But um, it's very like funny. Like to be fail. a fly on the wall in that one. Oh, yeah. And um, so the final quick point I've got for this week is uh, Shandor Earl's hair. Uh, looked like a very shady, slightly sexy glass of Guinness with all that spray tan. <laughs> it actually, yeah, with the spray tan, I mean, I think, wow, you know, I didn't, I didn't think you were that dark. But there you go. And then the blade, obviously, the hair, you know, really made it even stick out even more. But, um, yeah, what are you thinking, man? But, you know, we're going to get to uh, more of the what are you thinking from the, the Dorgas and freaking triumvirate at the back of the field there for uh, the Raiders. Okay, clock stopped. Let's get on to proper news. Longer news. News without the ticking clock that you all love so much. Thurston has signed his life away to stay in North Queensland. Jonathan Thurston will stay at the Cowboys in what could be the richest deal in rugby league's recent history. They uh, confirmed that he would um, sign, well, he's taken less money than Penrith were offering apparently, although the actual amount that Penrith offered hasn't really been publicised, but he's going to be staying at the Cowboys through until the end of the 2017 season. Uh, Thurston said, My last contract was a tough decision, but nothing on this one. I'm delighted and relieved to get it out of the way so early in the season. I've got lifetime friends and best mates here in unfinished business. The last few weeks have been tough to come to this decision, but it's the right decision for me. So, um, Gary Ablett from the Gold Coast Suns, he earns $1.3 million a season at the uh, at the Suns there. Uh, Alessandro Del Piero earns $2 million a year with Sydney FC in the A-League. But uh, this one puts Thurston right up there as well. Um they're still finalising the third-party arrangements and, and things like that. But, uh, yeah, big big re-signing, and they're sort of talking about a million a million dollars a year. I heard it was slightly more, but his... Yeah. Um, like five over four years or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, arguably the best player in the game. Yeah, um, Certainly arguably. within the top three. He's, in, he's, he's And has been for, you know, with all due respect to Ben Barber, who had a magnificent year last year. Um, Thurston's been at that level for quite a number of years now. He's certainly influential in the outcome of, of games for his team. Too. Absolutely. So and no matter paying... what team he plays for, whether yeah. that the Cowboys, Queensland or Australia. Yep, yep. Um, very deserved. It's good to see uh, the salaries for these, these top tier of players getting up around what I think they're, they're worthy of um, and deserve it of. So, um, you know, and it's good to see him show that loyalty as well. Uh, he could have taken more money to go to Penrith, but, um, you know, who wants to go to Penrith? Yeah, I mean, let's face it. You know, he's playing for the Cowboys now. Going to Penrith, you know, a team that's just as just as crap. And um, you know, but why why do that? Play for a team that's crap, plus wait, you know, move such a long distance and have to go through the problem of getting a new house and stuff like that. He could just stay where he is now and just do that. Yeah, I think the the roster that they've been assembling around him there in North Queensland is just about complete, and they're and they're ready uh, to really peak uh, probably this season, if not next. Um, and make a real tilt at the Premiership. And um, you know, I think they they have the squad to do it. Whether they can mentally get there is, is another thing, but it's it's all going to be off the back of Thurston, and it's good to see him show that loyalty, as I said. Yeah, and um, just go back, I mean, remember uh, that uh, Desi flew him down on a hush-hush visit to the Bulldogs as well. How the fuck they would have afforded him, considering the plays that they have already, would have been miraculous. But, I mean, the Cowboys have done a good job, um, you know, managing to keep... They're probably their three best players mm. together, or three, yeah, you know, three most highly priced players together with um, Matt Scott, uh, James Tamo, and and then now Thurston. Yeah, not so, to mention Matty Bowen off the back of that as well. Yeah, I mean Matty Bowen's probably coming down to the end, coming 
chop t- towards the end, I'd say. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, you know, getting all of them. I mean, there was you know there was a time there where you know it was thought that maybe they wouldn't get any of them, exactly. or that you know Scott would end up at Parramatta or you know mm. Thurston at Penrith or you know whatever, whatever. But um, the, the only other point I have to make on this one is that the, did you watch the press conference? I watched some of it. Yeah, I saw some. Was specifically the highlights. I've never seen someone look so unhappy to get a million plus a year. Really? He's just. He was just monotone and just bl- oh, he's, like he's, blank he's normally, face. Just I like, thought he cracked a few smiles and a, and a few laughs. He certainly <laughs> seemed a lot more comfortable with it this morning on on the radio. He oh, was, now, uh, yeah. laughing up a storm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lamb, but. but that that first press conference, I was just like, yeah, it's um, you know, it looked like you have a bit happy to be there, mate. You know, oh, I didn't really have any issue. <laughs> with something to jam out of his donut. <laughs> <laughs> Next, Dorgerson running into some trouble already. With first round through, and as you know, the big Instagram party crew of Dorgerson, they've struck some trouble. And uh, Blake Ferguson and Josh Dugan have been stood down indefinitely for breaching the Raiders' alcohol policy. David Ferner left both players out of his lineup to play the Titans on Sunday as punishment for their indiscretions. Now, they posted this is the ridiculous, the, the stupidity of these idiots posted pictures of, on their Instagram accounts drinking alcohol on the roof of a residence on Monday night. And Dugan also compounded that by not turning up to training on Tuesday. He injured his ribs in the 32-10 loss to Penrith. Of course and, he did. And under club policy, is he's prohibited made out of from drinking. Paper mache. <laughs> yeah, he, he's once a tampon, always a tampon. He's played his game. Now he'll be out for a couple of weeks. Um, they're going to discuss their future long term uh, on Thursday this week. So you know, probably after you listen to this, we'll find out what's going to happen. But apparently, they um, their contracts are in jeopardy. And I heard that you know Dugan, you know, is looking like getting fired. And altogether, altogether, contract on up. Yeah, and Fer- can't see it happening. And, and Ferguson, if he doesn't get fired, he have to consider himself very lucky not to be. Ferguson, um, I just don't get where these guys are coming from, to be honest. Um, and with all due respect, and, and I know that we do have to wait for details, etc. But um, Dugan's been quick to play the troubled card. I've got some personal issues. Yeah, um, the barber card, I would call yeah. that. But with all due respect, you look at some of the things that Ben Barber's. Uh, alleged to have been dealing with um, a gambling addiction and also the, the breakup of his relationship, which is affecting his ability to see his kids. Yep. Um, legitimate problems, yep. as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Without knowing all the details about Dugan, I think he's suffering from a, a really nasty case of douchebag-itis. Yep. And you can't just go, oh, I'm troubled, um, when really all you're guilty of is being a fuckwit. Well, he saw he saw how well that worked for that worked for Barbara as far as turning public sympathy around. The problem is that, like you said, Barber actually seems to have some legitimate issues to deal with, um, not drinking on the roof, and his relationship is fucking perfectly intact. We saw well, Ferguson him, in the him picture and Ferguson, on the roof. They, they look on the roof too. happier than ever. Exactly, they look like they had cushions up there. I mean, they they'd set themselves up a little fort on the fucking roof, <laughs> having a great time drinking their cruises. Pineapple cruises. Pineapple cruises. Drink of choice. Fucking just. Just ridiculous. Well, I'm not saying he doesn't have personal issues, but and and it's you know it's his business whether they're disclosed publicly or not. But um, if no one's going to spell out to me exactly what his personal issues are, I'm going to just assume that he's just a fuckwit that can't take responsibility for his actions. Yeah, and Barber has his you know his his affiliation with the the, the Epic Bender crew, as they're known. And well, uh, that, Dugan's you know, a member of the Epic... That much I don't have sympathy as far as Barber mm. goes. Um, but Dugan's a member of the Epic Wanker crew, Population Two, him and Ferguson. Uh, and 
uh, Shandy. Oh, Shandy. Yeah. Shandy's doing his best to crack in there too, just quietly. He's, he's trying hard. He's he crowd, a, though. He was a mid-season buy last year. He's He seems like, I mean, he's trying to make, you know, little names for him and shit. Yeah. You know, he's Dorgerson and everything. He's trying to get, he's trying to get in there and contribute. Did, but did I didn't someone see have a roof. tattoo? Did someone have a Dorgerson tattoo? Yeah, was that, was that Shandor? Well, did someone have a tattoo? If they did, I saw was... someone, but I don't know if it was photoshopped or what the fuck. Gee, that'd be unfortunate. If that's Dugan, it would take a lot. It would take a lot to outdo Ray Lewis's face on the inside of your thigh as far yeah. as the worst fucking tattoo on your body. It's like if you're wearing but, boxes and you're hanging right, you're basically, you know, getting a gobby from Ray Lewis. Yeah. You know, and, essentially. you know, Ray Lewis, allegedly, guilty of stabbing people. Alleged, uh, yeah, Pretty but, sure Josh Dugan wants Ray Lewis to stab him. In the anus with his penis. <laughs> so the other point is that um, the, you know, Ferguson, the, you know, these guys of multiple times they've fucking they've had drinking issues and things like that. And then Ferguson had the thing where he was at the music festival and he spat on someone and got ejected from the music festival. And he's spitting on someone from the VIP or whatever. Uh, their excuses have not really washed with uh, the hierarchy at the Raiders. Um, they're going to deliberate and. Um, yeah, the funny Chan thing is... Chan That should be the name of their fucking group. Just an epic cockhead crew. Or whatever. You know, it's real easy. Um, now, there was, <laughs> I want to read the thing about this article here. There's a, they've got a quote here from a Raiders fan of 20 years. Uh, Sarah Wilson, the name is, said she would be returning her entire family's memberships. She'd been forced to hide the paper from her 10-year-old son. And she said, this is a quote, When we received the Canberra t- Times... This morning, I hit it because the picture of Dugan sticking his finger up is disgusting. Today is the actual date of Canberra's 100th birthday, and my husband and I want to keep the paper and put it away, wanted to keep the paper and put it away for the grandkids. Not only do I have to hide it from my son because that's Josh Dugan sticking his finger up with a bottle of alcohol, but it's ruined that momentous historical day. We debated heavily about whether to become members this year just because of the drama, the performance, the scandals, and the never-ending headlines. Round one, this has already happened. We've had enough, so we're done. So she said that was the morning paper, right? Right. Then, they, then, then whoever did this article saw fit to put a, a paragraph at the end that said, "The Raiders said no one had handed their membership in on Tuesday as of one twenty p.m." So they're just like, they're just like, this chick's wringing her hands and she didn't do a fucking thing about it. She's fucking lying. <laughs> um, I didn't know Amish people could read the paper. Seriously, I mean, yeah, that's the guy's a dick. Yeah. No question about it. But let's, you know, as far as public people. Just you know, people, members of the public that are fans and, and members of the Raiders. I mean, yeah. that's a bit precious to chuck all your memberships in. Yeah, I agree. Okay, the Sharkies. Well, you know, what can you say about Sharkies? Their situation just goes from bad to worse. Uh, I remember I was on the train, or I was driving to the train station uh, to go into the Manly Broncos game on Friday. Uh, had been been off Twitter for about forty minutes. Got back on there, and it was like just all hell had broken loose. They'd been sacking people and standing down the coach and all that sort of shit. It was crazy. Um, but that doesn't stop there. Their former venue security provider made direct payments to a Sharks player, an unnamed Sharks player, I believe, at this stage in the belief that the arrangement was properly declared to the NRL. So, they officially requested e-group security to top up the salary of a player for the past two years. Um, the undisclosed figure was paid across 2011 and 2012, and that sort of thing happens a lot, and it's fine as long as they're under um, third-party or marquee payment deals, and they're permitted. But the Sharks failed to declare the payments while they were ongoing, and Damien Irvine only contacted Schubert early this year to inform them of potential oversight, 
And then another twist is that the security group have also begun moves to Sucranola for breach of contract after the club decided not to honour the final two years of their security deal for Shark Stadium in favour of a rival security firm. So, um... Who's Stally- security at Shark Stadium? Yeah, well, yeah, now it's actually... Not doing so- a very fucking good job. They let a lot of Sharks fans in on the weekend. They do, they do. So, um... Yeah, considering everything else they've got they've uh, got going on there, they got salary cap issues as well, and also um, Tony Sage, the owner of Perth Glory, the A League club, is uh, trying to get the ARL Commission uh, to present Perth with the next NRL license in an expanded competition, and he would welcome a relocated Cronulla franchise with open arms if they, for some reason, you know, based the fact that you know, sponsors blah blah blah, if they folded in Cronulla. Um, this guy actually is a Cronulla fan, though. Um, it's where he's from. Uh, he grew up in Port Hacking. Uh, he's a Sharks man through and through, so he'd love to bring him over there and make him the Perth Sharks. Don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, then you got the you know, then you got all this you know the the anti doping stuff where I think the the is it three players on a team or two players on a you team? Remember when Rennie Matua was done? Yeah, there was uh, some suggestion that he was done for horsey go go juice. And it was actually clenbuterol, but yeah. there was the initial speculation was that he was done for equine uh, drugs. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, been, most so and and that sort of, of goes a lot back. Of steroids are, are vet products, though. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, used to work with a lady that worked for a uh, equine supplies company, and What's she up? used to have a lot, a little. They used to have a little bit of a backdoor business to uh, juice heads. Yep. For all the uh, horsey go go juice. Yep. That they used to inject into their rectums, yep. thereabouts. I don't know where. But it sounds it sounds sexy when you say it like There's that. There's very concentrated markets for that sort of product too. Yes, yes, there is. But Sharkies, the best thing that I saw on the weekend was the unity of the Sharks fans, um, and the compassion by the rest of the rugby league community towards the Sharks fans um, for what their club's going through. It is. Uh, there is a lot yet to be played out in the in this pretty sordid little tale. Um, but at the moment, it looks like the, the players are banding together and the fans are banding around them and, and getting out there and supporting them, which is Can I just say, sign. I was one of those people that gladly supported the Sharks fans and everything and, and the club over the weekend. Yes, me too. But um, let me tell you, if it was fucking manly, no fucking way in hell. I saw a bit of a this. debate on Twitter saying if this was manly or the Bulldogs, Bulldogs or people like Bulldogs, that. Bulldogs, I mean, I hate the Bulldogs, but I agree. It'd be, it'd, or it'd West Tigers. I mean, people just can't handle success, no, see, Nathan. No, see, Tigers, you know, they had a, they didn't have a great year last year. They're Aussie Battlers, you know, like you say, like you portray them in every episode Little of the show. Aussie Battlers trying to make their way in a tough, harsh world. Yeah, so they'd get away with it. Unsuccessfully. You know, I think the Storm and the Broncos, though, I don't think there'd be much sympathy there for those guys. Every other club probably would, you know, be, I don't think they'd be fairly South, oh, wouldn't they cop it? You know, from East fans. I mean, <laughs> and you? And me. Well, yeah. well, like, I've, I've, I've plainly, I've, I've said time and time and again that the darkest day in, in Australian sporting history is, you know, April whatever, 1999, when they readmitted in the competition. I mean, that's that's a fact. But, um... They're the pride of the league, Nathan. It's not like... The South's going well, rugby league's going well. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and what's happened? South won their first game fairly comfortably. We got fucking drug issues. We got fucking we got motherfuckers on roofs drinking cruises. Yeah, they were just drinking beer. No one said a word. Dare That's I say the real issue? Oh, I mean, I'll go so far as that. Possibly the most negative start year ever. <laughs> um, and just finally on the Sharkies, uh, David Givney, uh, the doctor. He'd worked for twenty-eight years at the club, and he was one of the guys axed by the wow. Sharks. And Merciless. Yeah, 
Yeah, Merciless, all right. And um, he's also worked as New South Wales and Australian team doctor during his career. Uh, he is actually angry at the suggestions he failed to inform the club's board of suspect practices during Dank's time at the club. He was the guy who first questioned the controversial methods uh, from Dank's, and which has ultimately resulted in uh, Dank parting ways with the Sharks after less than three months. So he said, after meeting with my lawyer, I've decided to take legal action. I have no desire to do anything to harm the club, but I'm forced to leave matters in the hands of my lawyers at this time. And of course, the club has no money, so if he successfully sues them, um, he may harm the club. Well, and off to Perth they go. And he can be the club doctor there. Maybe. Win-win. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> round and round we go. Round and round we go. Now, I just have to get my phone out for this next one just to give a bit of a... Uh, so I can actually get the, the text of it. But um, people, you know, pe- people were getting very excited. I, re- I received this text like you know half a dozen times and I received it in emails with people rewording it slightly and acting like they had a fucking like inside source into something yet every all the point dot points were exactly word for word um so this uh the text message was uh from a guy who works at fox sports that's the first two times i got it then i got then i you know i was then i got it as you know from a guy that works inside of one of you know an nrl club from a you know blah blah you know all this bullshit so uh newcastle and next apparently seven players to be suspended jeremy smith spelled incorrectly how can you misspell Jeremy, but, you know, will be exposed as the player who introduced Danks to the Sharks and Wayne Bennett. Manly have 17 players involved. Rumour has it they'll be stripped of 2008 and 2011 premierships, although the Asada investigations only last two years, I believe. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah one other. Menzies has rolled over to Asada. <laughs> Des Hazel has been giving supplements to Manly and Canterbury players knowingly. Sharks are the first house of cards to tumble. Wouldn't surprise me. Manly's been a bunch of cheats for years. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, there's just so many. I mean, I don't want to. There's so many factual inaccuracies in there that this, if you're going to do a good sort of, you know, rumor mongering thing to spin it around, you just want to keep it to either facts that you can that are already out there to sort of give it a little bit of a, like legitimacy, and then the other ones are things that can't be easily, you know, readily disproved. And so, like, if you want to say someone's going to roll over on Manly, you just make it someone like, you know, someone Chris minor. Bailey. Yeah, Chris Bailey, you know, or like, you know, um, Daly Cherry Evans. But it has to be someone. It has to be someone from the last thing. When you say Beaver, who was employed by the club until the thirty first of October two thousand and eight, and they're saying that stuff happened in two thousand and nine to two thousand and eleven, when he's probably spent about eight weeks in Australia since that date because he's been playing in in France and England for Bradford. Well, you um, have lauded Beaver as a god. I mean, yeah, he is yeah, all encompassing. Yeah, and, uh, and and you know, probably the most loyal player in the history of rugby league for that matter, as well, if not sport and maybe even just the world in general just you know just across all Trevor Cogger I win what's he done lately your argument's invalid what's Trevor Cogger done for anyone lately I don't know made him sandwiches probably what's Trevor where is he now making sandwiches huh. I don't know I made that up okay that's probably but anyway it's probably being generous and it's funny and then anyway today a thing came out from the you know one of the biggest dickheads you know they also take with a massive grain of salt uh, Danny Wheeler, people love the shit on him, and, this, and, and, and I will say, yeah, you know, I love the shit on him. So that, therefore, I don't believe anything he says. Just you know, straight out of hand. But he actually said that um, those getting excited about Manly being somehow linked to illegal drug use should note a few things. Firstly, no player tested positive. That we know that. Um, and uh, secondly, no player ever does. Des Hasler is a stickler for the rules. And the way that Manly worked is that Dank would talk to Des, then Des would talk to the doctor, and if it wasn't good with the doctor, then it wasn't going to happen. 
So, um, and then apparently the uh, the Dank hasn't even thought about peptides while at the club. So, and I, and then he goes on to say as well, take this as fact: if Dank wanted to dump a team into trouble, it'd be the Seagulls because he was not re-signed by the club, and they're understood to have owed him wages and holiday pay, and he also got lumbered with a huge phone bill. <laughs> So that part's probably, you know, that that's probably in the public record as well. Manly, manly club and cross yeah, can't so, afford to play their doctor. Yeah, it, it, it might work out as like a, you know, a good circumstantial piece of evidence so, as, to, <laughs> as to the whole thing. But, um, you know, on one hand, I'm a little bit sad because it means that Desi's like, the way I thought he was actually and, you know, pretty pretty thorough. Um, and therefore he won't get in any trouble, which is going to be like, you know, the silver lining. <laughs> if he got deregistered as a coach. But, um, but yeah. Just won't let it go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I won't let it go. Um, but funny enough, a, a Desi anecdote, and I won't say who the person the person was who told me this. Uh, let's just say it's a former employee of the Manly, Manly Seagulls Rugby League Club. And uh, once received an email from someone else in the club and Desi was CC'd on the email. He replied to the, to the person who sent him the email and said, you know, thanks. Didn't hit reply all. And Desi tore 10 layers of shit off him for not copying him in when he replied and said thanks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that just tells you the kind of control freak guy, like, you know, that, that Desi actually is. I would have just told him to get fucked. Really? Yeah, like a footy, footy club couldn't possibly pay anyone that's not Des Hasler yeah. or someone in that sort of, held in that sort of esteem within the club. They couldn't pay me enough to deal to with, that. with that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Fuck off, mate. The person was a Get former, a haircut while you're at it. The person was a former employee. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. You got it right there. Um, Would have given him a plunger and said, bash this up your ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Along with your shitty attitude, mate. Exactly. Okay, and finally, Sam Burgess is out already this season. <laughs> but this time, it's not an injury. He's going to miss the round two match against the Sharks after submitting an early guilty plea to a high tackle charge. He was hit with a grade one careless high tackle charge for a 57th minute shot on Mitchell Pearce in the Rabbitohs' win on Thursday. Just gone. Um, early guilty plea earned him 95 points. So he had 38 carryovers. So yeah, he's got a little bit carried over. But uh, he's just going to miss the one game. South's got plenty of depth. I think I'll overcome that. Yeah, he was playing pretty well though too. But um, he had a great game. Once again, no about that. But. You know, I think you know the day that you see Sam Burgess play a full season, I'll fucking give it away. The day he plays every game, he does play with a level of aggression. Plus, his body probably hasn't uh, shown that it's able able to withstand the rigors of of twenty six to thirty uh, solid weeks. Because he's English. I think so, and I think that the water's really poor over there. And English and, people and it's are calcium so, deficient. Well, it's such a small island over there, you know, England, and and the, the English people are so inbred for you know for hundreds and hundreds of years. That's right. They're like German shepherds now. I'm surprised their hips don't fucking pop up, pop out when they get out of bed in the morning. That's very that you've just like painted the entire English race with the one brush. It's not sorry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And I have to say, there was a little bit of a debate on Twitter about uh, Mrs. Burgess's vagina, and I think that that was a little bit in poor taste. And people defending her and saying that she was that she that she um oh, I mean, she's really good looking for a for a chick that's pumped out all these. She's kids. a lovely lady. I'm, I'm sure sh- there's no doubt about I'm that. I'm sure she is. Russell Crowe would not Probably. have selected her for his test tube baby super player program back Matrix. in the day. Fucking the Burgess <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> yeah. He would not have selected her to be the Queen Burgi <laughs> if she didn't possess these qualities. Fair call. Let's move on, shall we, before we get in trouble. 
first game was on Thursday. South Sydney Rabbitohs 28 defeated the Sydney Roosters 10. And the tries. Let's go for the Rabbitohs. Hat-trick. First hat-trick of the season. First game of the season to uh, Nathan Merritt. McQueen got one. Can score a try, that boy. George Bird just got one. And uh, Reynolds was four of five on the goals. Against the Roosters there, who had a uh, try. First try of the match went to Maloney. And Williams got one in the 75th minute. And Maloney, 50%, one of two on the kicks. Let's get Sonny Bill out of the way first up. Um, I think he had a solid, if unspectacular, return on the field. Cringeworthy return off the field. Um, the absolute wank fest that was Sonny Bill's first game back in the NRL was... One of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. It was. It made... It made Until the, rally tails the day after. It made NR, the NRL look really, really insecure. That they pinned, Desperate. Yep. They pinned everything into this guy that wasn't all that long ago, wasn't a generation ago. Turned his back on the game. Said yeah. he was treated like cattle. And to be fair, I don't, I don't really want to put the blame at the foot of the NRL. It's Channel Nine. I don't think the NRL Agreed, would have been thoroughly comfortable. The with NRL the allowed Channel Nine to buy the game. Yeah. They must have. They've just That's lost all creative game, control yeah. over their product. Yeah, and it, it just looked really desperate to me. Um, I think he went okay on the field. He sort of warmed into the game, and, and he'll get better as the season progresses. Um, if nothing else, he's a, he's a fucking good athlete. Um, he handled the pace of the game, um, you know, right up until you know the end of the game, and, and he, he was coming on strong. So I think that's a good sign for Roosters fans, unlike uh, the form of their halves. There's a lot mm-hmm. of work to do there with that combination between Pierce and Maloney. Uh, both really good players. By no, you know, I'm not taking that away from them for a second, but geez, they've got some work to do. Yeah, but I mean, they they look like a team that was getting to know each other, and that's that's, and that's, that's exactly what they are. What they are. So South look like a team that was you know trying to sort of you know lift to another level, you know, build on what they did yeah. last year, and that's that's what they did. So you I know. just think it's a lot to ask. You know, you've got some pretty important combinations to come on there. Um, and you've got a rookie coach as yep. well trying to make that happen as quickly as possible before you know they find themselves in too much of a hole. I know we've only just had round one, but um, a fair bit of work there to do for the Roosters. They they weren't real real impressive, but on the other hand, I think the Rabbitohs, uh, led, led by uh, Greg Inglis, I think he's looking um, fitter than ever, ever in the best touch of his career. And it's only round one. It's pretty scary. Um, in my fantasy side too, very happy with his performance. Yeah, mine too. He might even be. He might even make a run at being my captain. Just unstoppable. Yeah. Some of he, the movie put on Kenny Dow, um, just unbelievable. Step turned him inside out, and Kenny Dow had good footwork. Turned back around and was probably a shot at making a tackle, and Inglis yeah. just palmed him As he out does, of the way. Yeah. Like, it, and Kenny Dow's not a small man. No, he'd, he'd be every bit of hundred kilo, easily. Yeah, you think so? Um, really impressive. I think uh, Reynolds as well didn't really miss a beat on what he did last season for this game. Um, he was playing behind a, a pretty dominant forward pack, which which definitely helped, and um, he certainly outshone his more experienced um, competitors in, mm-hmm. in Pierce and Maloney. So um, Pierce has got a lot of haters out there, eh? Yeah, from inside his own club too, I think. Tigers I were know, looking think, at him yeah. a while ago before he signed that most recent contract, so... Yeah, um, I just wonder if it's just because, you know, he achieved Origin fairly, you know, fairly quickly. Probably it has come fairly easily to There's been no competitors for him for the, you know, for the slot sure. inside and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah. He's a good competitor, but I just, I think he's, his best football 
um, is in, in those moments are few and far between for him, and, and he needs to become more consistent for the Roosters, um, especially with all the other, you know, different aspects to their side with the coach and Sonny Bill and Luke O'Donnell and you know Maloney being there. He's he's been a bit of a constant. Yep. He's got to be the the guy that leads the way with consistency, and considering he's a halfback, it should fall on his shoulders. Yep. All right. Now Twitter, uh, the Tourette's guy at B one five five four two that uh. What does Carl Stefafakanovich know about rugby league? You gronk fuck off back to today. Hashtag is in decline. And he refused to use the uh, official hashtag and went hash bun v cock. So, yeah. <laughs> the Chapo 82. Souths fans still think they're pride of the league. Hash hands off the metho. Three card magic trick. Reynolds already showing signs of the rookie of the year curse. I thought he had a good game. Oh, I thought he had a good game too. I don't know what you're talking about, Andrew. Um, at Shane Aaron Elvis, did you know that Roosters celebrate penalties like tries, music pumping and cheerleaders kick off? So sad. Wow. At Lanier, a Roosters team completely outclassed despite Nine's best intentions. A stable South team looking dangerous. Wow. That's fairly uh, well thought out. Yeah. At MMA underscore Dave underscore Mac co-host of This Week in MMA, that Roosters fail, Money Bill Williams fail, buying a premiership fail, Roosters fans suck it. Wow. Sounds like Dave's going to start tweeting the show after games this season. And okay. fairly aggressively too, I might Yeah, have. yeah. I mean, well, you know, this is how you get, this is how you get to be the, um, you know, Gronk of the Year and all those sorts of things, you know, by tweeting outrageous things. He's, he's definitely a front runner without tweeting a word. <laughs> Troy underscore 79. S. Burgess absolutely smashed SBW all game. Looking forward to next week's episode of SBW's Inside Thoughts. Hash Channel 9 in decline. And uh, what have we got here? Monty Fumes. All I got out of that game was SBW, 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 SBW. I read every one that he put down there. Is that really necessary? When it's only three characters, you can fit quite a lot in 140, <laughs> as it turns out. Jesus. And finally, Cruzy06. They should have named the Spider Cam Rock Spider Cam, appropriate with the weirdness of SBW voiceover. It's a bit Uncle Bullyish. Wow. Through a few uh, through a few references in Just there. Just on Spider Cam? Yes. Love it. Spider Cam. Spider Cam. <laughs> I'm, not go- I'm not doing it. Um... I thought it was great. Had its detractors, people saying it was distracting. Yeah, Jonesy. Weren't a big fan of the uh, the camera angles, etc. Yeah, camera angles. I I must admit, I, I you know I haven't really looked into them that much, other than you know just watching. You know, I was obsessed with it yeah. at the game, but at the game, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see. You know, when you can see all the um, the wires and everything, the way they're strung yeah. up in a stadium. Yeah, it's impressive. Impressive bit of gear. Yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's all right. It's a bit of a gimmick. I think at the moment they're gonna. They don't really know what they've got yet. They don't really know how to use it, the you know, to the best of its abilities or whatever. Yep. You know, they're going to find there's going to be certain situations where it's perfect, to you know, to to use. Um, what happens if you kick the ball into it? Um, I mean, it stays the behind the play. Get two premiership points, no matter whether they're participating in the game or not. Like it does, like it, it stays behind the line. So if someone's kicking it, theoretically, it's it's difficult for it to you know. Charity or, Shield. Or John Sutton almost took it out. Yeah. So what? Ha- do you know what the rule is if you hit the spider cam? Oh, I suspect they'll pack a scrum. 
be much like if the ball hits the ref, yeah? Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know for sure. And I'm, I'm, it's probably out there, but I just thought I'd raise it because I just, just thought of it then. Any further thoughts on that first game of the season? No. All right, so we move on to Friday night football. And once again, it was Bronco night football. But as usual, the mighty Manly Sea Eagles, 22. One in Queensland, defeating the Broncos, 14. Tries, a double to Skivy Matai. Cherry Evans got a try. And uh, Wolfman got a try. And uh, Jamie Lyon, three of four off the boot. And we move over to the Broncos. Tries to Gillette and Maranta. Two of two conversions to Prince. And he also grabbed himself a penalty goal as well. I already spoke about rally towels. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. They're so fucking amazing, though. Just the hilarity. And it the did Broncos add to the, uh, on them. It did add to the spectacle of the game as far as just wondering how more inappropriate the guy pushing the button could get. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the video where it goes like... Yeah. Rally towel, big strobing letters on the screen, yeah. and then you got Thide and who was it, Jack Reed, and Jack was Reed. it Alex Glenn, the other one, and, the, and and he's just twirling his hand like just like the most limp-wristed, like unenthusiastic twirl, yeah. <laughs> and just a sad Thide with this ridiculous grin plastered on his face. It is, it is dead set. It's already started to creep its way into the to the, uh, the vernacular between yeah. the boys and I. Um, went up to Toowoomba and spent six hours on a power chisel chiseling tiles off my mate's floor. Um, the same two mates that we have the season tickets together. Um, you know, whenever someone said something, tried to be smart or whatever, it was like rally tower, rally tower, mate, rally tower. <laughs> and I, I don't know where, where your seats were in relation to the away bay, but I mean, could you hear us? Yeah, we're a couple of bays over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> we, we you're in three one seven, we're in three one nine. Okay, cool. So you would have been able to hear us, like, yeah. And it got to the stage where, like, we started calling for the rally towel. Yeah. Pretty much whenever there was a break in play, we just called for rally towel because there's Broncos either side of us, and so we're just looking straight at them, just going rally towel, and they're just like bow their heads like, oh my god, this is so fucking embarrassing, and um. Then we started, you know, going rally towel, rally towel, rally towel, rally yes. to the and then our, the, the famous my garden shed one. You know, he said my rally towel. I mean, <laughs> it was one of the most fun nights I've ever had at a game of football. It was sensational. Anyway, back to the game. I think the Broncos started out and and filled their fans with uh, plenty of hope as to what the season could bring, but they faded really badly. Well, they did. They don't know. No, they started out with what the season could bring because Manly had the ball attacking the, from 20 minutes out for about the first 10 minutes. So, yeah, they did. That's, that is what the season's going to hold for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, they actually, the Broncos actually look good in patches, but I think the combination between Prince and Wallace has got a long way to go. I think part of the problem is that Prince is playing out of position. Yeah. I think he definitely needs to be halfback. They looked more creative um, in those times where he he went to first receiver, uh, rather than try, trying to you know get on the outside of blokes um, yeah. and play that running sort of five eight role, so I think the answer is you know it starts with him going to halfback and Wallace playing five eight. Um, but oh, just one of the Broncos, um, Josh Hoffman looks mm-hmm. like he's put on ten kilos. Yep, he is he is very very thick uh, across the shoulders and through the chest. Um, looked like he might have lost a couple of yards of pace. Um, yep. and I think Alex Glenn as well. Yep. Um, just looked massive. I think it's their off-season strength and conditioning, whatever they've been doing. Manly definitely did the same worked thing. as far as the size goes, but I yeah, just... but it's detriment. It's a detriment in the modern game. Yep. Manly did the same thing in between two thousand nine, two thousand ten, mm. and I remember watching them back then, and they just felt 
it just it felt like they were slower or something. And this off season, I mean, I've had the benefit of you know seeing on Facebook, you know, Donny Singe, you know, talking about what he's been doing with the Manly guys and what the goal is and what they've been doing to achieve the goal. And yeah, you know, he. he, he He's really open about the training and what they're trying to do, which is to make the players faster and you know more yeah. more athletic. And it worked. I mean, they just looked like they were yeah, so they much faster than they've been in a long the, time. The more the game went on, the more they were running away from Brisbane, um, literally on the field and also, um, unfortunately, on the scoreboard. But uh, I think Matto had a good game. Um, Broncos just couldn't hang in there mentally. Yeah. Um, and then once the scoreboard got away from them, they got a little bit desperate and made a, a, a bunch of errors. And they also stacked their defence to, to try and prevent Jamie Lyon from doing anything, which just, you know, with Foran took advantage of, just, you know, yeah. he, he just managed he to had unleash Matai, you know, whenever and he wanted. Matai was, he was, he was cutting them to shreds. Yep. Um, but yeah. Mentally, was... Manly are just too mentally tough um, to wilt against Good the opposition that, that plays, you know, that didn't couldn't play for the full 80. And yeah. I think you've got not only got to play for the full 80, Against sides like Manly, but you've you've got to you've got to play your best footy. Yeah, and you know they say trial form, shit form, or I say you know a great man me says trial form, shit form. But remember that game against the Warriors? It was a televised trial with the Broncos, mm. um, and that was a game that wasn't played like a you know like a trial. It wasn't wholesale. It was kind of like two lineups of seventeen going against each other, and it wasn't like this whole yeah. you know resis for a quarter sort of thing. Sure. That was actually played like a proper game, and that was the one where in the first half Broncos had about five or six disallowed tries and were all over them. But once again, the Warriors put a burst on them, gapped they couldn't them, go with them, and they couldn't go with them, and then they coasted through the finish line for the last twenty minutes. That's pretty much what happened with this game as well. I mean, once Manly were ahead, I think it was sixteen fourteen, was it yep. when they um, didn't get the conversion there, and or eighteen fourteen, whatever it was, they um. I didn't feel like there was any danger of losing it even at that point, and they added another try uh, afterward. Um, to sort of, you know, make it even more comfortable, like more than a converted try. But I just didn't really feel like there was any danger. Once they even got back to 14-12, I thought, yeah, well, we got this. I mean, just you could just get the feeling for it. And the Broncos crowd must have been the same because, I mean, they, they were ignoring their instructions to rally. <laughs> By the end of it, they were just mocking it. <laughs> um, Twitter. Oh, I just want to say, for, for the record, though, I thought, you know, Manly be slow started. I have to say I was dead set wrong. And um, the, the work they did over the off-season was... Um, Really impressed. They came out looking pretty... I mean, they never looked this good so early in the season. So, um, pretty impressed. Especially the work with Joey uh, doing with the halves. Clearly, that's... They both, they both look really good. Buying him as an exclusive part-time coach is paying immediate dividends as far as I'm concerned because they look better than they did almost all last season, I think. Okay. Aussie11198. Just when you think you couldn't find a bigger gronk than Ben Eichen, the world shits Tom Waterhouse out of its ass. And and there is going to be a theme on these tweets. I mean, I tried to make it so I didn't select all of them like that, but you know, almost all of them had like hash fuck off Tom. The 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 first Friday night football telecast for the year clearly misstepped. And I heard that at the end. I mean, I actually uh, IQ'd the replay of Fox, so I didn't get to see the full Channel Nine experience. Mm-hmm. But apparently, after the game, like uh, Tom Waterhouse had like fifteen minutes talking about shit or something at the end of it, or. Something. I mean, people can correct this. I didn't get to see it because I didn't take the Channel Nine version. But yeah, well, I mean, I, I, they sold their ass so badly. Yeah, given given the fact that he's obviously put up a fair bit of cash um, to sponsor the game, I don't really have an issue with him being part of the telecast. But you know, like Muncie was, you know, yeah, like, that, yeah. exactly. Like I that just don't think lady. it needs to be this massive thing where you're just pushing it yeah. down everyone's necks. 
and, you and know, what, if maybe, he's on there as a, as an expert, like give me a break. Why can't he employ a fucking expert from his within his organisation that's not necessarily a rugby league player or an ex rugby league player, but someone who knows something about the sport that people don't find thoroughly repugnant to look at? Because half the problem. Well, are you, are you trying is, to get us a gig with Tom Waterhouse slash Channel Nine? Yeah, why not? Via the NRL? Yeah, why not? Well, the thing is, that, I mean, I think give us a call, know, Tom. I think eighty percent of it's got nothing to do with really what he's saying. We love skinny lesbians on this show. Yeah, 80%, eight, let's, no, let's even bump it up, 95% of people's problems with Tom Waterhouse go way back to the first ad campaign, I know what punters want, walking around saying, I've got four generations of blah, 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 not forgetting that one generation was warned off for fucking fixing, you know, fine cotton and everything like that. Um, so, yeah. I think people have a problem with Tom Waterhouse himself, not necessarily And also the amount of... Yeah, Tom Waterhouse. There's, there's, but I think if it was if it was someone else or something different, and it wasn't it wasn't him, I think it you know if it was like the horse face Jamie Rogers, for example, I wouldn't want to listen to her for fifteen minutes either. Well, no, I wouldn't. But I think that I people, don't look at her for fifteen. But minutes I think people either. would. I think people wouldn't arc up as much about that as they would about because it's Tom Waterhouse. It could be Hitler, really. Let's face it. Why? The Hitler, the Hitler of gambling. <laughs> I tell you, that could be the title of this episode if it wasn't going to be on Channel out. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, now we're back to the, back to the tweets. Um, B one five five four two. Nice to see Prince doing what he does best. Fuck all. Hash fuck off, Tom. Hash tigers in decline. Hash fuck off, Tom. <laughs> We've got uh, Beer Boy one eighty two. I just realised watching <laughs> NRL Brisbane Manly. Who who Dylan Andrews from Tough Seventeen reminds me of Brent Kite. <laughs> I actually can see that. I can see what he's talking about. And there's a, there's a couple of MMA tweets this time around too. There's, um, there's one about the Penrith game, which is quite good. Keep it to the footy, kids. Uh, and yeah, Brent Kite just... Brent Kite turned back the clock. One of the best games he's had in ages. He did play well. He was actually, he wasn't doing that thing where he runs to the line, turns his back and backs through. Yeah. He wasn't trying to be a 5'8". He was actually running through. He made a, like a clean break at one point. Clearly um, buoyed by being rejected by the West Tigers in the off-season. Threw a cutout pass. Uh, I think it was... Was it... Uh, that resulted in the Matai try, mm-hmm. uh, the first one, sensational. Um, Amanda didn't think he was a five eight yet. Threw a cutout pass for a try. Yeah, that's the best part. Yeah, contradictory. I mean, well, no, he's a forward. He ran through the line a couple of times, set up some nice offloads, and just quietly seen people bitching on about Supercoach that he didn't get a try assist for that, so he got gypped. <laughs> Amanda Rose Long, I can't even contrive some flimsy excuse about the refs. It's going to be a long season. Oh, I don't you, know about that. Let me tell you, she's the queen of flimsy contrived excuses <laughs> about the Broncos' performances, especially as they pertain to Manly. <laughs> uh, Berkeley underscore Eagle. So tonight was all about the Broncos getting a toweling. Hash rally towel. Early contender for the hashtag of the year. I think it's going to be a two-horse race. Super Grover 4. Hash fuck off Tom needs to be cock-punched. Bloody Matai played a blinder. And Manly seemed to be making ref calls at the moment. What the fuck is that about? Indeed, what is that about? Uh, Lynn Shields. Happy the Broncos brought their own towels. They needed it to soak up all their tears. Shut up, Lynn. Bang, I thank you. I like your attitude. <laughs> At Lynn here. Broncos gassed like it was round 21. Man- Manly dialed it to 11 and broke the knob off in the second. Early but exciting days. And finally, on a blood buzz. 25 years ago... Don McKinnon urinated on Lang Park. Tonight we saw the entire Broncos squad piss themselves. Hash affinity. Hash Brookvale North. <laughs> and of course, I was quite—I was, I was very proud to actually uh, 
be wielding the Brookvale North sign at the <laughs> at that game. So it's sensational. Uh, next, we move on to surprise. Parramatta forty defeated the Warriors ten. Let's go through these tries. Parramatta they had a uh, one to Sandow. We had a hat trick to Jared Hayne. We had a try to Ryan and a double to Co. Sandow six of seven, eighty five percent kicking percentage. Over to the Warriors, a try to Lilliman, a try to Nielsen, all within a five-minute period, and Johnson was one of two off the boot. Yeah, I think Para for very early in the season, already started to display some Ricky Stewart uh, characteristics with their play, uh, some good signs. Uh, their attack was, it was fucking brilliant at times. Yeah. I yeah. don't know whether that can all be attributed to, to how good Para are going to be, um, or how bad the Warriors are going to be, or a combination of both. So um, I think the jury's going to have to remain out for another month or so, but based on that, they fuck, They got the upper hand, um, they got momentum, and they didn't let up for, for the whole game. Um, Hayne looked enthusiastic. He was pushing up through the middle. Um, he was everywhere Sandow was. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, led them around. He was full of talk. Just looked like he's, he's grown an extra leg. Um, under Stewart already. I mean, let's face it, when's his best performance has always been? If you pull out that little run that they had at the end of 2009, his best performance is always, you know, origin time, you know, and some of that, you know, was spent under Ricky. So he's yeah. obviously, you know, he thrives under under him as a coach. Sure. I think Sandow, um, he was much maligned last year, certainly by this show and, and a number of its listeners and hosts. And still, um, and st- and still, and still is. By, and still by is, but... You can't take away from the guy that he definitely looks fitter than I've he's seen. Lost, he's lost weight. Um, or lost, he's probably, lost I think he looks better than even his best days at South. Yeah, definitely. Um, he didn't. He didn't change really too much from uh, South to Parramatta in the early days. No, I mean, it was just the results that changed, can, not can, his build. You can see he's lost a considerable amount of weight. Yeah. Um, it's added to his explosiveness and his pace. Um, and in his general play, I th- and I think, again, this can be attributed to Ricky Stewart's influence. I think he looks a more controlled halfback. I think his kicking game was really good. He had a, a couple of really close uh, 40-20 kicks that yep. d- didn't quite get there. But just the, his kicking game, he cooked, kicked early, kicked long, kicked to the corners, um, and didn't go for those hugely spectacular plays that weren't on. Um, just, yeah, cut him to shreds, looked really good. Um, and whilst they were unstoppable, both Hayne and Sandow, I think... It was all off the back of, of Timmy Manners' go forward. I think Moy Moy played a, a role in that as well. And then Rennie Matua's impact on the edges just kept that momentum going. And then the, once the backs got their hands on the ball, um, Jacob Loco as well, another knee injury. Yep. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. I haven't heard the report. Yeah, I haven't seen any injury. Uh, it looked pretty bad. And he's had a couple of bad ones over the last couple of seasons. Um, but when he got his opportunities out wide, he looked really good. He's big, he's strong, good yep. footwork, good pass. Uh, can hit a hole. So hopefully um, he's not out for too long for Para. And Warriors stamped themselves as genuine wooden spoon contenders with this performance. Yeah, they did look ordinary. Um, and like I said, I don't know if, if that's an indication of, of how great Para were or whether the Warriors were just terrible. Um, so time will tell. I think the jury will be out on them for a little bit. But, geez, they've got some players in their roster. Um, I don't... I think Maloney not being there and a bit of a calming influence in general play... Um, you know, you got Luluai there now. He's I don't know that he's a great organizer, and we know that Sean Johnson is very much an off the cuff type halfback. So um, remains to be seen how that combination is going to go. Um, 
And let's not forget Matthew Elliott is coaching them. Yeah, and actually, that's an important point to make because that's a guy, I mean, you want to talk about being unfairly maligned. You cannot say that about Matthew Elliott and this <laughs> show. We've absolutely crapped on him since, um, you know, pretty much the word go. And, you know, he's proven himself to be... I mean, his methods, I just don't think... I don't think his methods are for everyone. No. And and I, well, know, I don't know that they're for anyone playing rugby league. Arguably, yeah, yeah, arguably, I don't think his methods are for anyone. I mean, he saw Canberra, he sort of had, you know, some promise... And then he moved to Penrith before that promise was realised, and that's when he became like you know a kind of a a lauded you know coach of the future sort of thing. Penrith, apart from one season where they you know got through the finals and were very quickly blasted out, and you know I don't want to say peptides, but <laughs> they had one successful season. It was a flash in the pan. Just saying. Other than that, next to nothing, right? So yeah. Um, Twitter, Shaboogan. Said uh, a quote from the commentary: "Sandow will be feeling ten feet tall, or you know, three. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we got um, <laughs> Jacoby Nelson. How many naturally occurring peptides are there in coconuts and taro? I'm assuming a lot. These NRL Islander boys are fucking huge. Aren't they what? <laughs> um, Shunter eighty six. Matt Elliott will get sacked before Shane Flanagan ever does." Hash, good bloke, shit coach, and that's actually this is you know this game took place after he was stood down too, so that's mm. a, that's a mighty big call right there. Uh, what have we got here? <laughs> Paraman MK two. I'll give him his. I'll, I'll give him his due. He can have his tweet. Said, uh, "Oh fuck! Someone passed me a rally towel. Hash, clean up in aisle one." <laughs> and you know what Parramatta I do I do actually I, I mean you know it's traditional for Manly to hate Parramatta and stuff like that but I mean you know they won six games last year and they haven't been very good for for quite a long time now yep. uh, they had that blip on the radar in 2009 but other than that you know you've got to look back to what 2000 was it or 2001 when they they uh, had that dominant season going through the grand final and they lost yep. to the Knights they haven't been very good <laughs> for a very long time and so you know some of those guys um, you know it's good to see you know, it's good to see them. Yeah, their, their fans have, have been long-suffering and, yep. um, you know, they deserve their time in the sun. Yep. How long-lasting it is um, comes down to how consistent they can become with Stewart's uh, methods and um, and carrying out his game plans on the field. But so far, so good. Yep. So, though, Dan, good to see Chris Sandow contributing to some meat, to- meat pies. He's like rhyming slang rather than eating them. <laughs> uh, what else have we got here? And Paraman had a serious one. We'll go with a serious one. Well, obviously, I'm stoked with that win by the Eels. Loved it. Showed plenty of character, but it's only round one. A long way to go. So he's really... Well uh, said. Yeah, it actually, it actually was well said. And uh, yeah, and then we got a barrage of tweets from, oh my God, Kyle isn't going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, God of Cheese AU said, the Warriors will spoon. Cronulla under 20s with Hyington and Lewis in 15th. <laughs> so... Okay, so he's even making a call there about uh, how many Cronulla players aren't going to get suspended. He's just Jesus. saying, I know, and Luke Lewis. All right, let's move on to the next game. North Queensland Cowboys, 24, defeated the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, 12. North Queensland tries came through. Ash Graham with a double. Gavin Cooper got one. Winnerstein got one. Thurston, 50% off the boot on the conversions, plus another two penalty goals. Over to Canterbury, uh, Reynolds got a try. Turner got a try. 
Kristen Inu 50% on a conversion, and he got himself one penalty goal. JT looks to be a front runner for yet another Daly M medal. Um, just controlled the game perfectly. His kicking game was great. Um, they said it in the commentary, you know, they must say it a thousand times. Every coach must say it a thousand times. Don't take JT's dummy in the lead up to any game against the Cowboys, yep. and they still do. <laughs> they still take it, and he still cuts them to shreds. Just put him on the, just put him on the, just grass him every time. Yeah. No matter what. It's it's a bit of a mental hurdle. Easier said than done, but yep. I mean, obviously, he's very obviously when you know when it's one on one and you and he's lined up against you and he's running at you. Obviously, you know he's very he's very good at what he does and very deceptive in you mm. know you know what he does with his shoulders and everything like that. So. Yeah. And I guess at the end of the day, he's not a slow man either. So That's if right. you do commit to trying to take a, him, he's going to have to be very good. Either, yeah. You're going to have to be very good in the tackle anyway because he can beat you with footwork as well yep. um, and speed. So um, yeah, I just I, I was really impressed with his game. I was impressed with the Cowboys forwards as well. They really yep. hung in there. Tamiao was good. Um, and, you know, we had a bit to say last week about uh, Young Moore, the Pommy hooker. I think he went okay. Yep. Um, not spectacular, but... Um, was certainly a solid debut in the NRL for him. Um, as for the Bulldogs, had a number of plays out. Obviously, Barber um, with his issues, but also um, Cassiano, Pritchard, uh, James Graham. So some big, big names to come into that squad yet. And I think they were far from disgraced. I think they were, they were definitely competitive. They were just a little bit outclassed uh, with some of the Cowboys' firepower. But um, some good, good times ahead, I think, for the Bulldogs once they get their full complement of players back. Um, and especially if Barber comes back sooner rather than later. They really um, lack that element of their play. Um, Steve Turner, you know, had a solid game, but he, he's not been Barber. Let's not be silly. Um, yeah, so impressive start to the season for the Cowboys. Um, just uh, really controlled the game from start to finish. Uh, the Bulldogs tried hard, but um, just ultimately outclassed in the end. No Barber, no chance. Pretty much. Says he's lost it. <laughs> Can't coach. Twitter. <laughs> Pelagic Pictures said, T-Rex still lazy and hiding on the field. One soft run and two tackles in the first 10. Glad he's not in a manly jumper. Yeah, the Dogs fans are, are already starting to jump on him. So I had conversations with Dog fans all weekend shitting all over T-Rex. And I'm like, hang on a minute. You guys, this is your big, you know, this was your big thing, you know. This was your you guy. To, this was your guy, you know. This was your, 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 your guy, like, you know, Desi missed out on four. And so, you know, you just had to pay you know, spend a bucket load on someone just to get some sort of moral victory or something. Yeah, but no, nah, that's, you know, they're, they're not happy with it already. Um, Devonhead, good to see Steve Turner and Chris Keating are sticking with their impersonations of rugby league players. <laughs> Hash rally towel. <laughs> Josh Reynolds tried hard um, as well. Yeah. And, and as did Ennis, but um, just just not enough uh, ammunition in the, in the Bulldogs' attack to get the job done. What else have we got here? Uh, Noddy0013. I thought Des would fix T-Rex. I put him in my fantasy team. Hash, I'm a dumb gronk. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Chapo82. Can the Bulldogs get a refund from Manly for T-Rex? Hash, it makes City Rail look fast. Jesus. <laughs> On a blood buzz. <laughs> I didn't watch the game, but fuck that T-Rex is a lazy piece of Hasler. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh underscore Hill underscore 191. Who haven't seen him around for a while. No. Is it um live cheerleader Harlem Shake with a helmet, the dog's biggest highlight? <laughs> <laughs> and now we got Southern Dan again. He's our best tweet. Hmm, let's see. Headline: Dogs neutered. Reynolds has a shit haircut in Barber's absence. 
Well, Reynolds always had a shit haircut. I mean, yeah. he's always had a bit of a mullety sort of you know situation going on. It but, fits him well. Uh, we've got to give um, the former NQC. What was the NQC eighty one? Jono. Jono. Yeah. Now he's uh, at Mad Cow's Disease, and he said all the rally towels and mud in the world couldn't break down the Great Wall of North Queensland. Encouraging early season win. So his um, uh, ham hocks would be uh, moving. Furiously mm-hmm. over his little curly bit. That's right. After that game, and Chris Wargren said, "Clemmer and Eastwood look the goods. Williams needs the two V slapped out of him and needs to get some urgency." This is so funny. They're saying all this shit like it's a fucking surprise. Literally every single game last year, I said the same thing. Um, yeah, and then then you know you got uh, TDY Sport, um, who I've seen he's a bit of a cheerleader, um, you know, a slash apologist. He said, uh, no barber, plus three guns missing from the front row. I love it when the opposition ride us off. So, uh, yeah, calm down. Yeah, we'll see. you gotta take you got to take your lumps when you lose. Yes. And uh, We all do it. Yeah. I've still got to take mine just yet. Yeah, and aren't they going to be lumpy? <laughs> Lumpiest of lumps. <laughs> they be lumpy as fuck. Okay, next one, though. Penrith, 32, defeated Canberra. Poor Matt, 10. Now the points went to Sikamanu got a try, Sigiaro got a try, Coot got a try, Smith got a try, and Plum got a try right at the death. Walsh was 100% 5 from 5 on the conversions, plus he added a penalty goal. And Canberra, McCrone, 31 minute, got a try. Fergie Ferg, the selfie <laughs> king, got a try, and uh, Croker was 1 of 2, 50%. 32 points to 10. Tell you what, when the Gus and Cleary vision works, it looks really good. Um, it's a long season, so I'm, I'm still not convinced they've got enough talent um, and enough uh, creativity in their roster to keep that sort of performance going over the course of the season. But um, for this game, Raiders wilted, but Penrith started strong and, and, and kept the momentum going and, and really um, you know, did a good job of, of maintaining pressure and, and you know, trying to win the game with field position and possession. Um, I'm not convinced again. That who who's the game breaker when the opposition offers more resistance for them? Yeah, I'm not sure it's Walsh. I think he's a little bit predictable. I think Lachlan Coote relies on um, relies on his teammates to 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 do a lot of the create creative work, which he can finish off um, with his ability under the high ball and and backing up through the middle. So um, as for the Raiders, lots of expectation given some of the players in their roster, but um, as we spoke before, they're, they're a little bit uh, self-absorbed, some of their stars, and I think they mm-hmm. buy into their home, own hype rather than living up to it. So um, they've got that to work on. Um, David Fern has got his work cut out for him. We don't even know if these blokes, um, speaking for Dugan and Ferguson, at least this week they're club long term. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, at least this week they're out. So mm. you know, it's a, it's a very uh, yeah, unstable situation there. And it must be like that anyway, you know, behind the scenes because you've got these drunk ass, you know, these guys is what are they like, you know, around the club? Yeah. When they seem to be out for themselves, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you know, that's what we see externally. Yeah. You know, are they like that, you know, what do their teammates think? Are they just like, you know, I wish these fuckheads are just you know, just falling the line and What they need is is professionalism in that yeah. club. Um to to maximise um and realise their potential because, you know, they've got a young roster and a very, very talented roster. Um, and 
a, a roster that's played together for a long time for the you know the bulk of that squad. It's our twenties. Um, you know, so it's time now. They're they're not young kids anymore, and they need to stop acting like kids and grow up, and um, and start getting the best out of them. That comes down to Ferner, but also the players have to be accountable as well. And um, some of this flashy bullshit needs to take a back seat until they get a little bit more substance there to their performance. Yep. So, tweets, dashing Dan one, hard to hold the ball with all that fake tan on Shandor. <laughs> and that is a feature we mentioned at the top of the show, though, with his fake tan and his haircut. Um, Shunter86, pros, trying to belt Shandor Earl. Cons, attacking general. <laughs> uh, Freak09, how good is Michael Jennings? Plays for the Roosters on Thursday, then puts on a beard and plays for the Panthers on Sunday. <laughs> Michael Darren seventy nine, Blake Ferguson wahooing his own tackle. Did you see that? Yeah. Shirtless Instagram selfie imminent. And that's the sort of thing, you know. He's got the throw the ball at the head of the opponent, put your f- hand in their face, just give them a bit of stick. Like, just shut up, man. Yep. Shut up and play the game. You're talented. There's no doubt about the fact that you're talented. He's not that but- talented though. He's just not talented enough that he can go around acting like he's fucking at the door. Kobe Bryant or anything, you know. I mean, mm. he's not the you know the greatest of all time in the game of rugby league. No, I mean he's not even in the top ten wingers going around today. No, and the reason why is he's his biggest fan. Total mug. Um, year of a Panther said at first it was easy to make light of tampon, but in all seriousness, is this guy's body even up for first grade? Mm. Uh, Dashing Dan One came in again and said, that's not an Earl, it's a princess. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, he copped it badly. Um, <laughs> Matt Lenevez. He said, I don't know if you're watching this, but the video ref is a joke. Ref's fault, Matt. Of course it was. Jeez, you get a gig pl- supporting Manly with that sort of comment. <laughs> yeah. Shaboogan. I'd rather have Luke Walsh's hair- hash hairline in decline than that blonde poodle on Earl's dome. <laughs> As you can see, everyone... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the unique one, 80. Earl needs to go back to what he does best, getting tats and stroking it in photo shoots with Pugan. <laughs> and then we've had Troy underscore 79, hash Sackferner. And uh, Mike underscore existence, who is formerly Solzy. Yep, the Raiders off year has started, dominated through meters all game. Hash not ready for round one. Hash trial form means nothing. So, um... Yeah, and that's yeah, you know, that's pretty much it. Like you know, uh, the Campo thirty-seven Shandor played as bad as his hair looked. Maybe more time on improving his hands and less time on selfies. Shit start. So <laughs> very very disappointed. Um, very disappointed. Uh, Canberra fans out there. Obviously the trial form once again. You know, gave led him to believe that there was you know something brewing there. Might be a decent season, but um, but no. But nothing. Next, what do we got? The Melbourne Storm, 30, defeated St. George Illawarra, 10. Melbourne Storm's points came through. A try to Slater, Widop, double to O'Neill, and one to Fanua. Five of five from Cameron Smith from the boot. St. George Illawarra had a try to Soward, which I think was an intercept. Uh, Nightingale also got a try, and Soward was 50% off the boot, one of two. So for 30 points to 10, the final scoreline. Played in really hot conditions this game. Um, and I think those conditions took their toll on the Dragons. Um, just couldn't maintain their intensity over long periods um, and then started to cough up possession and field position, which is you know pretty much a cardinal sin against Melbourne. Um, 
I think we've we've learnt over the last few seasons that sides need to be almost perfect whilst throwing up new ideas and and being very ultra creative in attack to get the best of Melbourne. And that's a big ask um, for even the best of teams, but it's nigh on impossible for a side like the Dragons. Um, a, given their record in Melbourne. B, given the fact that they're just not a creative side. Um, and that they are more of a, you know, try and play that possession and field position type game and, and um, just grind teams into it. But um, yeah. it just it's just not happening for them. Uh, I think Steve Price is going to be under a lot of pressure over the coming months. And, and the Dragons, you know, They've still got a lot of quality in that roster, um, but they're just not the same side they were a couple of seasons ago, and um, and they were really exposed against Melbourne. Yep, agree, agree. Um, it's going to be a long year for Dragons. What did I have them second last? I think did I have them in second last? Or was certainly in the bottom four. Yeah, and uh, you know they're kind of looking that way. Their defence they went down thirty to ten, but their defence I think overall, you know, especially you know in the first half it was it wasn't too bad. I mean, I think it was what it was about 18, 18 nil at halftime. I think. But it didn't look too bad, but and that's what they kind of base everything around, you know, in their successful period, yep. you know, back a couple of years now. But yeah, I just, I just don't see where the points are going to come, you know, really. Yep. Um, and you know what? Not many people tweeted about this game at all. Um, Channel Nine, you know, you delayed. Something when the Dragons win, you can't shut their fans up. Yeah, it's just, yeah. But Jeremy underscore Jack zero one said, "Here are my thoughts on the Storm Dragons game." Ray Hadley commented, commentated, so I didn't watch it. Fuck off, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I saw the other tweets were all, you know, similarly. There was a lot of fuck off Tom, hash fuck off Tom happening. Um, and I actually didn't have the opportunity to see this game. So I have a feeling that, you know, I'm, I'm just going to presume that, you know, Waterhouse got his, got his face time on this He's game all as over well. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, people complaining about not showing the game live and a lot of Thursday night was that as well in Queensland yeah. you know not getting the game live but you know I don't think no one gets the game live on Sunday though um, what else have we got dead set that's about it hey there's barely yeah, I'm just looking maybe at Dragons fans just thought it's best to move on from that game so yeah, let's do that even, yeah even Storm yep yeah. No, we yeah we've, we've moved on I mean they don't start tweeting again until the Cronulla game so there you go so you know Unlucky Dragons. I mean, you know, the Dragons used to be quite, yeah, quite the tweeted side. Here we go. Woody Solo, a Manly fan tweeting about it. Dragons and Bulldogs. Ha, 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 Deep breath. Ha, 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 Ray Hadley. Sigh. Hash <laughs> commentating in decline. Hash three quarter. <laughs> so let's move on to the Sunday night game. Or Sunday, yeah, Sunday evening. You know, didn't, didn't feel like it was too night of it. Uh, you know, afternoon game. Cronulla Sharks. The embattled Cronulla Sharks, 12, defeated the Gold Coast Titans, 10. Tries to Cronulla from Wright and Fafita. Gordon, 2 of 2 on the conversions. Gold Coast tries to Mead and Taylor. Caesar, 1 of 2 off the conversions, and it ultimately proved to be the difference. I think if Cronulla don't fold and or aren't decimated by the aftermath of this Asada thing, um, I think it might just really propel them on. Uh, the way that their fans are rallying and the way that the players are responding, um, it actually could turn out to be a blessing in disguise if they do come out of it relatively unscathed. Um, doesn't look like reports, that, uh, by the reports that we've got, that that's going to be the case, but um, they they got a good crowd. Uh, that their players showed up for one another and, and fought hard and, and really, really ground the Titans, you know, out of the game, and uh, it was it was very close. 
Um, and the Titans did battle gamely. I, I just think they were probably uh, outdone by the opposition having greater motivation. They, um, they The Titans were, were better than I expected them to be, especially in a tight game. Yeah. Um, I, I would have expected them to maybe fold um, a little bit early. Um, and, and the Sharks might have pushed on given the fact that they were playing in front of a big home crowd and, and, and had that motivation. But the Titans really hung in. Um, couldn't quite get it done in the end, but some good signs for their fans, whether that's a sign of, of things to come or whether they um, managed to just hang in there um, is yet to be seen. But um, I think the Sharks, the new recruits were good um, and, and the whole squad led by Gallon's influence. Um, he really you know, showed the way for them and, and the rest of the boys went with him and um you know in what was a, a pretty tight um game not a not a huge scoreline but I, I found it to be fairly entertaining and um and it was good to see that you know people getting out and supporting in battle club i think a lot of people taking the emotion of the game and it's given them a bit of rose colored glasses on what what this game was it was a pretty ordinary game um potentially you know i'm not going to go so far as say it was a vuvuzela of a game but it wasn't great and at times there, it looked yeah, I mean, like it could be... let's be fair, be... it was Cronulla and the Titans. Yeah, and, I mean... it was at, and it was at, you know, the the Vortex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's not forget, that's a fucking Vortex. Yeah, I, I still, you know, enjoyed seeing how their new players went. Um, and also Dave Taylor um, for the Titans as well. Um, I just wanted to see how his fitness was and, and, and what he brought to the Titans. Um, yeah, so, yep. whilst I said it was an entertaining game, it was... I think it was the stories around it. was a great spectacle of rugby league. There were some storylines around players sure. and around teams and you know, the Sharks and stuff that made it more entertaining and more interesting to watch. Uh, Shaboogan. Warren Smith Fox just said Idris Taylor sandwich. I wonder how much Devon would be on that. Then we got Tourette's guy, B15542. Says, Taylor and Idris need to give pies a break. Try salad, you fat fucker. Wow. Hash fat touches, hash fuck off Tom. So he's been on the theme of the Tom Waterhouse thing. He loves Foxtel it. games. Crazy. He's uh, obviously lost money to Tom Waterhouse, surely. And he followed up immediately after the very next tweet we got. I don't know who's thicker, Gaznia or Idris's postcode post sized gut. <laughs> and he's got hash thick fuck. He just, he just, like, it's like a Tourette's person, like, except he says the bad stuff normally, and then the hashtags are like the Tourette's outburst, but they're even worse. So <laughs> crazy. Um, GT351 underscore Johns. Good crowd for the Sharks, but let's get real. They have a massive, huge roster, and they beat the Titans by two. Didn't set the world on fire. Yeah, that probably is a valid point, I guess. Yeah, and then um, Hammers said, uh, tough game for both teams, but probably the result football deserved. Pretty hard for the Titans to win tonight, but good effort. Yeah, I think we're, I mean, it might be a little bit of a, of a harsh call on the Titans. We are assuming that they're going to be shit this season, so... You know, it could turn out to be a really solid win for Cronulla too. Yeah. Now, the other thing people mentioned uh, was Paul Gallen had some tape on his arm, yep. uh, on his right arm, that uh, had, you know, the names of the stood down guys, except not really. Like he had like, you know, Flano. Physio you know, guy. Then had like doctor Fizz, guy. Fizz, Doc, and then had the other two names that escaped me at the moment. But um, unless he calls them like, you know, the nicknames Doc. <laughs> name's Fizz for the physical guy. Fizzo. Yeah, Imagine. Fizzo. Yeah, yeah. Fizzo. Slip of some of those peptides. And, and life some of, horsey juice. Life of Ty refers to that one. says, Gallon, peptides ruin brain cells. Can only remember three out of five names. Well, obviously, he's not too, not too close to um, you know the other two guys. Fizzo guy and doctor guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I, think, I think that's about it for that game. Just going through these uh, these tweets here. 
lot of the nice community stuff here this time for the for the listeners of the of the show. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of them going back and forth with each other, you know, which we didn't get you know get that a lot last year. Sure. But now, I mean, you know, obviously the followers have all kind of converged, and you know they're following each other. So you know we're getting a lot of a uh, lot of sledging and stuff going on there as well. Um, Monday night foot bitch. We've let it. We've delayed it long enough. <laughs> the Newcastle Knights, forty-two, defeated the West Tigers, ten, and let's be clear, only ten because of a try in the 80th minute to mm. the Tigers. It could have been worse. Which Benji missed the kick, <laughs> <laughs> as Benjis do. Um, now we had tries. We had a double to McManus, another hat trick to Uate Pate, of course, and a double to Gay Guy. And uh, five of seven conversions for Gidley, two of two penalties for Gidley, um, and over to West Tigers. Try to Blair, try to Moulton, one of two for Benji. What say you about this? I want to start off by saying Newcastle looked the goods this season. Um, they looked very impressive. Uh, their forwards just rolled over the top of the Tigers. Um much has been said about the Tigers' pack being bigger and stronger this season. They've had the toughest pre-season ever, um, and they folded like Pillows. a fucking piece of origami. Yep. Uh, Mason was good. Um, I think Jerry Smith, Bo Scott, really you know, found their feet quite early on, if this game is anything to go by. Uh, and then Mullen, Gidley, Boyd, Uate, Gay Guy just carved up. The whole night, it was fucking horrible to watch. It is very early days, but, you know, it's round one. I'm and there wasn't a lot yeah. of signs that anyone outside of Robbie wanted to play for, for Mick Potter or for the jersey, for that matter. That's right. Robbie was the only one to put in. He got 50-odd tackles mm. again. Um, decent performance on the Supercoach as well, just quietly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the rest of them, honestly... Benji, playing in his preferred <laughs> position, um, you know, he's bitched and moaned about playing halfback over the last couple of seasons. Coach lets him do what he wants. Um, you know, he, he gets put in the number six jersey, saw very little ball, albeit behind a well-beaten pack, but yep. didn't really go looking for it either. Yeah, and you know, I'm just, I, I just don't know how much credit to give Newcastle this because the Tigers were, were fucking thoroughly shittiest. inept. You know, they'd, they have, they concede a try, you know, then kick it out, concede another try. Then there was that situation where I can't remember who it was that went for that stupid offload and, you know, went to ground and, you know, uh, and then it was, I think, Gay Guy, you know, towed it up and caught it and, you know, it was a foot race for sort of an intercept try. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that, just, that's the time when the fight went out of them because, you know, you've got to remember they scored, you know, pretty much straight away and were in the lead. Yeah. And um, they started, you know, Started with a flurry, and that was all she wrote. I think um, Ashford, Moulton, and to a lesser extent, Lawrence, probably had the most to prove for the Tigers, um, given the seasons they had last year. And I think they were probably the worst performed. Yeah, well, let's wait. Lawrence, Lawrence, it's a victory for him to even get on the field with his Betty White, you know, injury <laughs> issues. Um, I, I, I'm not calling for wholesale changes. Uh, it could ultimately turn out to be a blip on the radar and we might just have the reverse of, of last season where we won our first game fairly unconvincingly and went on to lose five or six straight. Um, but, geez, they're, they're going to polar opposite You lost your first game on Monday Night Football last year to Canterbury. No, we didn't. We won our first game in Golden Point on a Sunday afternoon at Leichhardt Oval against Cronulla. I was there. Oh, that's of course that was yeah, but that was that one with the yeah. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah, no, you're right. That was the one with that bullshit penalty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
one, yeah, I think Newcastle close. looked good. They showed a lot of good signs, but the jury's going to have to remain out on them too for a month or so because their opposition was fairly fucking useless. Um, and I was very disappointed. And there's nothing worse than... My wife's not the greatest rugby league fan in the world. Um, and <laughs> she was doing stuff on the computer. We just bought a house yesterday. It was all... The household was cock-a-hoop. Jackson was excited. Um, my mum was excited. They're all whooping around. I'm sitting there watching the footy. They all come into the room. Nicklin's like, whoa. <laughs> she, she does not. She's not a subtle person, my no. wife. She's more like a sledgehammer to the face. And she's like, um, are you just not going to watch rugby league this year? Like, she's written them off straight away. Yeah, she's just got literally got a big black pen and written a line through the Tigers. Jackson's like, "Oh, Dad, oh no, Dad, are you?" Oh, he comes over, gives me this massive cuddle. Oh, sorry, Dad. It's like I'd lost a pet or a family member or something. And I very nearly did because I wanted to shoot them all. Um, but this is the sort of effect that performances like that have on my household. Uh, it was fucking horrible to watch, but I took my medicine, I watched it all, and um, I'm expecting a massive turnaround this coming week. Jeez, and I have to say, at this point, poised at the end of the first round, it's it's anyone it's anyone's guess who's going to get the jersey out of you and Matt Lenovitz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Uh, yes. Twitter, MMA Dave Mack, uh, Brandy quoted on Fox Sports, it's a real bonus for Jared Mullen to have Kirk Gidley back inside him. Awkward. Awkward, not sure about that. Uh, what else have we got there? Uh, the Chapo 82 said, it's as if the Sheenius has never left the Tigers. Somewhere, Tigers somehow, Tim Sheens is probably sitting in Salford. Pissing himself laughing. Smoking a cigar. Yeah. Lamenting the Tigers in decline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Drew underscore Nathan 5 said, Knights, hash Tigers in decline. How's Mick Potter looking for coach of the year, Glenn? Fuck, it's week one, mate. <laughs> Give the guy a break. Freak 09. I must admit, he did handle himself well in the press conference, Mick Potter. He was What's very it? poised, answered the questions quite well, took his medicine, um, and, you know, I think that was a good, good first up press conference for him. Another, uh, you know, another 10 of those, and he might start frazzling a bit, though. Yeah. We'll Getting a bit, get a bit stroppy like Timbo. We'll be, lucky, we'll be lucky to lose another three games, let alone 10. All right, the, the clock run well, starts now. Well, you're talking you're, you're talking shit about undefeated already. That's gone. Isn't that terrible when it goes first round? <laughs> yeah, it is pretty shit. Uh, Freak At least out. I had it for a week last week based on yeah. the shoddy refereeing. Yeah, Freak 09. Sheens is a genius. He got out the year before the Tigers won the spoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have we got here? Given the performance of some other squads, I don't think the Tigers are going to win the spoon, but it was pretty bad. JR underscore buff. The Knights are like Kobe Bryant in a Colorado hotel room. Unstoppable. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, the underscore Q78 said, uh, Tigers are fucking awful. Defense was obviously sacked along with Tim Sheens. <laughs> People were really really rejoicing about this performance from the Tigers. And I don't understand what there is to rejoice about. Oh, they, they, they like to uh, throw my quite calculated and thorough, thoroughly researched predictions Back, back in into my face. face. Yeah, yeah. Such as Tigers winning comps undefeated and all yeah. these sorts of things. The, Coach of the year. The underscore Q78 came back again and said, fair dinkum, the Tigers membership membership should come with a business card for Lifeline. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how Tigers in decline didn't trend on Monday night quite just quietly looking at these tweets. 
Uh, Jacoby Nelson, how furiously is Tim Sheen's masturbating right this very second, I wonder? <laughs> Get the hash rally towel ready. Gosh. Um, and then people started obviously saying, you know, you can't call it Tigers in decline anymore. It's like, you know, Tigers in free fall, Tigers in extinction, Tigers in this, you know. We've heard enough. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to see if we've got one more. Oh, bring UFC to Oz. Says uh, NRL is looking at introducing relegation after watching Tigers play tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this, this is so funny. Jacoby Nelson, even with all the shit going down at the Sharks, Bo Ryan has got to be thinking still be playing for the fucking Tigers. <laughs> yeah. I find that hard to argue with at the moment. Hammers. Tigers aiming to be the first ever team to finish 17th. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll end on this one. Stuart Marler said, uh, by marrying Braithen Astor, Jody Gordon earns the honour of being the last person to see some West Tigers tackle. Wow. Oh, no, we'll give the final word to Tiger Benji. Tiger oh, underscore Benji. God. A couple more year, years of these sorts of performances every week and I'll know what it's like to be a para fan. <laughs> so a bit of a... a, bit of He's a flipped it straight around. A bit of a backhander, Yeah. Previews kicking off this week is another Thursday night game. The Parramatta Eels take on the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs at ANZ Stadium. The old rivalry. Very early in the season. Bulldogs still a little bit underdone. Eels Uh, on a massive high. Yeah. Still paying about $2.50 last I looked, or $2.30 or something. Probably not bad money, given their form and the fact that the Bulldogs are, are missing some key troops, so... Um, it's at Adding Z Stadium, so hopefully that, that both uh, groups of supporters will get out and support this and, and, and put a big crowd there. Mate, I reckon the crowd is going to be full of two things. One, dusty Parramatta jerseys, and two, brand new Parramatta jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Eels will win. I don't know about that. I don't think it'll be a blowout scoreline like they had last week, but um, I think they might get over the top of the Bulldogs. I think the Bulldogs can defend better than the Warriors can. I'd agree with that. Um, you know, the Warriors you know, have still got some attack. They don't have the off-the-cuff brilliance of uh, of Barber, but, you know, they've still got Josh Morris. He's still very good, you know. He is such a good player, Josh Captain Morris. Captain Snooze, you know. You know, let's, well, you know, Captain Snooze. You know I, what I else they've say. got? Chris no, Keating. Yeah, Eels well, to win. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Chris Keating. Not good. But what, yeah. is, is Hodkinson still injured? Or is he playing Reggie's? He's playing Reggie's. I think they're going to... Fuck! I, I heard a rumour that they were, they were basically going to try and offload him. Um, and so he could end up popping up at the Dragons the way they're going with their halves. So, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what's happened to him. Uh, I mean, he was injured a lot you know, last year and couldn't find his way back into the side because obviously they're on a roll in his absence. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what his status is at the moment, but... He's got to be the better option, surely. I, you know, when you're going to put, you know, Chris Keating in at number seven, you know, it, it doesn't say much for you. you know, it it put basically puts a negative value on T. Hodkinson. Yes. Um, I'm I'm really struggling to pick a winner for this one. Um, you know, I want to pick Bulldogs as an instinct because you know naturally they're a better side, but you know the Eels are confident, and I guess you know if anything, this will be a test of you know, how valid their first round we know the Warriors was. Yeah. Whether it was the Warriors being terrible or they were actually, you know, got something going on this year. Because their team, you know, other than a couple of superstar players in um, key positions, yeah, they're quite, yeah, you know. 
When you think yeah, they've about got it. some. Yeah. They've got some fringe in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they got Ben Robertson aside. I mean, I find it really hard to tip a team with Ben Robertson aside, <laughs> frankly. Um, moving on to Friday night football, of course, and it's the Broncos again, taking on the St George Illawarra Dragons down there at Wynn Stadium, uh, down at Wollongong. How do you see this one playing out? Broncos away from home. Dragons fucking woeful last week. Both sides, I think, are very. I think they're they're very comparable. You know, I mean. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. I'd I'd probably give the edge as far as the quality of the personnel to the Broncos, but um, I see Dragons fans blowing up that Thirsty didn't hasn't got a run yet, and and they've sort of turned on Nathan Fien, who was Cause he quite, nothing quite lauded um, not two seasons ago. Yeah. Um, geez, they fucking forget it easy. Um, but, but yeah, they they're all calling for drink water, but um, he hasn't got a run this week. Jared Beal against his old club might be looking for a big game. Interesting. I, I'd probably lean towards the Broncos. I'm just thinking the Dragons at home might uh, might turn one in, and um, and and beat the Broncos. But if I have to, if I have to pick a winner, which is the whole purpose of this segment of the show, um, I'm going to go for the Broncos. Yeah, this is a really hard one to tip. And you know, the, I picked Bronco, uh, picked Dragons to come second last, and I picked the Broncos to finish. You know, like around, around ninth or tenth, I think. Mm. But you know. Just seeing, you know, the trend with the Broncos at the moment and just seeing how difficult it is to separate these two sides, I, I think what this says is that, you know, the Broncos are actually a lot worse than previously thought mm. and might finish further down the well, table than previously we, thought. We only have one week to go off to, so I might yeah. give them the benefit of the doubt for for another week and um, and keep them to beat the Dragons, yeah, the who prob- I think are going to be a fairly ordinary side this season. Yeah, the, the problem with the, the, with the Broncos is that, you know, they're... They just seem to lack structure. They lack leadership. I don't think Thaday's a very good captain at all. I mean, the, you know, talk and things like that. It seems like Peter Wallace is trying to assume, mm. uh, you know, the the leadership role in the side. But, you know, then he's not the captain. Thaday is. Thaday doesn't seem to do a lot, you know, as far as captaincy type things. I think they've probably got better options of guys that they could, you know, select uh, in that. And does that affect them? You know, there's the fitness thing. I mean, you know, the Dragons... Fuck, you ask a lot of questions. Just pick a winner, mate. Fucking, I don't know, man. Um, I really don't know. I mean... I'd, I'd like to think the Broncos will win the game, but, you know, no faith, none. None whatsoever, negative faith. <laughs> Next up, Saturday, 5.30 game, New Zealand Warriors taking on the Sydney Roosters over there at Eden Park in Auckland. Sorry, I had the wrong game up. Um, <laughs> Warriors were very bad. Roosters still struggling for... Uh, for combination in the halves, Warriors are going to have to be better at home, surely. Roosters are a better side, period, though, I think. Especially, you know, you've got to take into account that, you know... They, Certainly on paper. They looked okay through the trials as well, the Roosters. Um, once again, they're, you Beat know... the Tigers. Yep. Sonny Bill returns to Eden Park, home of some of his glorious rugby union victories. Does, does uh, Mateo's been benched? Uh, harsh, is, harsh call. It's harsh, but I mean, he played off the bench a lot, you know. Has late, done yeah, throughout has, his has career his on and off, yeah. so. Um, wow. It's a sad indictment on the Warriors that I'm tipping the Roosters to I'm beat them. I'm tipping the Roosters fairly confidently to, to too. To beat them uh, away from home. And um, Elijah Taylor at hooker. Just, wow. Yeah. Does not strike me as a dummy half by any stretch of the imagination. I've got a little bit of a dummy half story. Jackson started out saying, dummy half? I've heard of him. 
I was like, no, it's a position, mate. He goes, he plays for a bunch of different teams, eh, Dad? I said, no, it's a position, kid. <laughs> so I started getting frustrated with him because that's just, what's, what was he thinking? Yeah. This goes against everything I've taught him. <laughs> yeah. um, so then he's like, now whenever he hears a commentator say dummy half, he's like, ah, dummy half, I've heard of him. And he looks over at me waiting for my reaction with a stupid <laughs> grin saying, on his yeah, face what you, like, what are you going to yeah, do? What do you got, Dad? What do you got in the kitty? <laughs> Shut up, kid. Because I don't know if I got the kitty. Child abuse, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I, was, I, I can't remember who it was, but um, I saw on, on Twitter, you know, Warriors fans, you know, the, the lineup came out and they were, they were lamenting uh, the fact that um, Bill Tupo was in the side there. And, uh, not a fan. Not a fan. Not fans. Not a fan at all. And, you know, this this is, I'm going to tell you, it's only one round into the comp, but this is how desperate Warriors fans are. They were, they were f- mooting the possibility of would it not be better to have Dominic Peru wow. in the French side. for reserve grade. French for fucking turnstile too. Um, yeah, no. Jeez, have they ever seen him play? I sent him straight. I said, no, you don't want that. Trust me, man. You don't want that. You know, yeah, he's got an exotic sounding name and shit, but you know, yeah. it doesn't mean anything. He sounds French. You know what French people do when the guns comes to a battle? They fucking roll over. Surrender, man. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm tipping yeah. the Roosters and fairly yeah, confidently. I think it's going to come together when you think of, you know... There's enough Kiwis in the Roosters' side they're not going to be intimidated at Eden Park. Maloney and Pierce, it's going to get a better, better as it goes. You know, Sonny Bill, he's going to get better with more game time. I believe he's starting this game, or well, he is he starting is, yes. this game. Um, you know, Jennings is great. Kenny Dow, I think will, you know, I think he'll get better off, you know, the improved halves conversation. I think, you know, I don't have any problem at all tipping the Roosters for that game. Watch them lose. <laughs> Next up, uh, the 7.30 game, North Queensland Cowboys take on Melbourne Storm at 1300 Smiles Stadium. Fucking hell. <laughs> the worst stadium name in Ever. the world. But clubs will sell their soul for a dollar. They will. There is no doubt about that. They will. First big test of the season for the Cowboys, I think. Um, oh, absolutely. They, they faced an underdone opposition last week. Um, the Storm at full strength. Um, Cowboys at home I think we'll learn a lot about where the Cowboys are at the Storm didn't look to have missed a beat last week so um, a big ask for them but I think Cowboys might just get it done Storm not happy with the heat playing the game up in Townsville they played in 33 degrees on Sunday yeah what's it going to be like up there this year? I guess it's night time so it's always going to be less isn't it 630 at night geez. yeah okay um, yeah I, it's fucking, you know, Storm Storm they just keep trucking they do. Cowboys. Junior Moore's former, former Tiger on the bench for the Storm. Um, he was okay. He's about 40, 45 points last week. He's one of my yeah. cheapies that I bought for my Supercoach side. Sure. For the possibility of reserve. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to go the Cowboys in that one. You know, Storm, you know, they've got that defense. It's going to it's going to be a big test. I mean, like, the Storm could put on points, but, you know, they're always based around, you know, this, you know, grinding style and, you know, and solid defense. Cowboys, you know... There was a period there a couple of years ago when they were kind of a defensive side, um, and with the whole Ben Walker, Sam Pitt, and everything like that that they had up at the, up there training. Yeah, but when you base your side around Thurston like, and Bowen, yeah, and you've got outside backs attack. like Ashley Gray and Brent Tate, yep, um, Kane Linnett, who's who's a quality player, and Winnerstein is probably slowly getting back to to being the finisher that he was at the Broncos. So um, yeah, I'm I'm comfortable tipping the Cowboys in that one. Yeah. Tough off this. I think I still have to go with the Storm because, as well as the Cowboys, uh, seem appear to be going. Um, you know, the Storm, uh, the Storm. I say purple cheats, but also you know, solid side. Okay, Gold Coast Titans take on the Canberra Raiders at Skilled Park. 
on uh, Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. or 1 p.m. Queensland. So that's going to be nice and hot. Yeah, it will be. Obviously, the Raiders, as we spoke about before, um, no Fergie Fergan, no uh, Douchebaggerson. <laughs> Douchebaggerson, Dorgensen. <laughs> yeah, um, and they're travelling. You know, they've never been a travelling side anyway, as you know we always say about them. Titans' record at home isn't that flash either. Um, they've got a solid 6,000 people here, quoted 13. <laughs> Or do you think that there's like, you know, some some renewed hope or whatever for, you know, the Titans and, you know, some renewed, you know, fans coming to the game? Do you think that, I you hope know, they do like, get a crowd. Do you like, think guys like Dave Taylor are, you know, going to bring the extra people through the turnstiles? No, but I hope they do. They, they you know, they deserve the support. Uh, the players are going to be out there giving their all for, for 80 minutes and um, they deserve to, to have people come and watch them play. Mm-hmm. And I think they might get a win. I think the Raiders... Um, Probably going to be reeling a little bit from the bullshit around um, Dugan and Ferguson, and um, it, it also, you know, not only is it going to have an effect on the on the, you know, the confidence of the squad, but their ability to score points um, with two of their, you know, so-called star players out. I think the Titans might get it done. Raiders are in disarray. Pick the Titans to win. I mean, you know, they weren't they weren't very good against the Sharks, but they didn't get blown out, and uh, against a side that you know had a significant you know emotional. Advantage, mm. I thought. Um, so yeah, I'll pick the Titans as well. I just look at their side, and there's nothing. There's just nothing that I like about it. Yep. But the Raiders are an absolute rabble at the moment, and uh, you know, with this extra, you know, standing down of you know two of their their best attacking players. Sure. Yeah, not a fan. All right, the West Tigers take on the Penrith Panthers. Battle of the West out at Campbelltown Sports Stadium. The Penrith Panthers, you know, hashtagging We Own the West on their social media. Is that right? Yeah, they own the West apparently. But then West Tigers, what's this hash, it's my life shit? Is that like, you know, they're Bon Jovi fans or... Oh, clearly. They're Westies. Explain to me the campaign, hash, it's my life. Well, it's... What well, I haven't looked at their marketing, what, they've, what they're branding that on. What, what is it all it's about? It's my life and I'll end it if I want to. End it if I want to because I support the West Tigers. You would neck yourself too if you happen to support these bunch of fucking people that can't play rugby league. God damn it. <laughs> oh, we've seen a meltdown. It's <laughs> fantastic. A musical meltdown. Um, I was thinking, you could, you know, you're, you're a Bon Jovi fan. I thought you'd go that way rather than, you know, the, the, it's my party. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, the Tigers were f- very, very ordinary last week. Um, they're coming off Monday Night Football, which is never a good sign for a squad. But tell you what, if they can't turn it around and hook in at Campbelltown Stadium, spiritual home, of Westies the world over, um, then they better fucking turn it up. Yep. This is a big test. The Panthers, I think, are another question mark side from round one. Yep. Had a great win over a side that is, you know, certainly a rabble. How much of, you know, how much is its quality on their part? How much is it was their, their lack of opposition? Well, let's face it, if they get the same lack of opposition the Knights got on Monday night, it could be a very long day for the Tigers. Yeah, it will be. But, you know, the Tigers, on paper anyway, are a better side. Yeah, they're Even better with than they Tim were being the first name you read on that list. Yeah, when, when are you going to get some hot sauce in there? This last know. chance. How, I don't how have many, the answers. How many weeks does Molson get to prove himself? Because Six. obviously, when you go through the trials and stuff like that, you know, guys that worked hard in the off season, you know, get their rewards. So Molson must have done something to get that spot because he certainly wasn't a default. You know. No, but um, Tedesco also young guy coming back from. You know, you don't want to mm. whack that. 
extra mental hurdle of him, you know, trying to come into a struggling side at, at fullback when you, you're still battling to get over your uh, serious knee injury as well. So they're obviously giving him all the time he needs to to overcome that and, and ease him into the squad, I'm guessing. And, um, yeah, like I said, if they can't win at Campbelltown against the Panthers, then they better turn it up. So I'm picking the Tigers. Yeah, and like there would have been any other possible pick that you would have made. I tried to make it sound like I really thought that out. I'll pick the Tigers because surely they can't be as bad as they look. They better fucking not be. (laughs) I may not be here next week. Sunday evening, the mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Newcastle Knights at Brookie. It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere there. It'll be a full house. Uh, Better be. Sunday evening, that's what you want. What excuses have Manly fans for not turning up on a Sunday night game? None. It's going to be a full fucking house, I just told you. Yeah, you've said that before and there's been about eight people there. I've never, ever claimed full house and it hasn't been anything less than full house. Okay, so this one. Well, the Knights, once again, question mark side. Yeah, it is a big uh, test, much like the Cowboys game. It's a big test for the Knights, isn't it? It is a big test. Uh, Manly, um, very similar side to to last time. Uh, One difference is that they have uh, Tom Simons, their recent acquisition from the Chooks. Mm. He's popped up in number 20, carved it up in New South Wales Cup last week, scored two tries. Wow. Apparently, he's looking very good. And, you know, he played, uh, you know, what, he played City Country 2011. So, yeah. you know, struggled injury a little bit at the Roosters. Uh, he's going to get his chance to get some ring, uh, premiership ring over here at Manly. So, um, and we'll be happy to oblige Manly 13+. plus. The Knights are going to realise yeah, when they're not playing, when they're actually playing an opposed game, <laughs> when there's two teams on the field, it doesn't quite go the way that they expected it to go. Yeah, I think the Knights will get a lot out of this game, um, given the quality of their opposition, but I think the Eagles might just squeak home. Good to see Rochow getting consistent game time for the Knights. Yes, even if over. they do continue to pronounce his name incorrectly. Yeah, I mean... This much is... like his parents do. And probably he himself. Why I mean, won't they learn? Ignoramus, I don't when even know why we support him. <laughs> Manly by plenty. Brookie, never lose. Okay, next. Sunday... Oh, we've got two Sunday evening games. No. Oh, yeah. So, in front of me here, I've got Brookvale, 6.30pm Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then I've got uh, Olympic Park, Sunday, 6.30pm. South Sydney Rabbitohs, Cronulla Southern Sharks. No. So, one of those is wrong. Yeah, because the early the um Rabbitohs and Sharks is uh, the 18th of March, being Monday night football. Okay, so okay, so this I believe I copied this uh, team listing from perhaps the Telegraph site. Maybe it was similar. No wonder it's I wrong. I can't remember. But in any case, you're wrong, you fucking morons. Okay, so Monday night football, South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. This one, well. One of the one of the few games where we've got two winners coming up against each other mm. uh, this week, and um, yeah, the Rabbitohs look very good. I think in dispatching the Chooks. Yeah. I think they looked too good last week to to be troubled by the Sharks too much, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. And you know, you find with these teams that are under the pump like this, there's the emotion game. Maybe yeah, there emotion is a dip. two games, and yeah. then there's a dip. Remember the storm with the salary cap thing? How they yeah. came out the week after and just absolutely pumped someone by forty. The Warriors, yeah. And then the week after that, I think they pumped them by forty. And then they ended up playing the Broncos and got, you know, done by heaps and then, you know, sort of the, the, the you know, the air went out of them. Mm. I think just it's just at a basic level, the Rabbitohs are a far better side than the Sharks. Sharks have a very impressive, you know, look on paper. 
but you know, I just think with the, all the crap going around there, um, just not sure it's going to translate. The loss of Sam Burgess is is a big one for the Rabbitohs, but um, and Michael Crocker captaining from the bench in true Kurt Gidley style. Yep, sporting a magnificent moustache too, I might add. Have plenty of time to groom it on the bench, but uh, I'm going to have to go with the Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs they were just too impressive last week to to go away from them. Yep, I think I think the Rabbitohs easily. Easily, I, I reckon. Um, unless, you know, who knows? We still don't know what's going to happen with Flanagan at this stage. There's been, you know, reports that he could come back sooner rather than later. Mm. Uh, you know, if, if he could What's come... the point of standing him down then? I don't, I don't fucking get it. The way the way I saw it was that, you know, they sacked all these other guys and then they stood him down. I thought it was because they, like, you know, wanted to sort of, you know, co- covertly support him by standing him down while this Asada shit happened. Then when it's all blown over and all been resolved, they bring him back and, you know, the shit's been cleared off the fan at that point and he's like, you know, he comes through it. He wasn't a face, you know, through that whole time, so he's a little bit, like, untarnished. But then I saw a report on the weekend, I think it was, when he when apparently he's, like, was informed about the peptide stuff back in 2011 or whenever it was and, mm. and he's and he said, like, oh, you know, I don't, even, I don't want to know about it. Like, and that's what, that was one of the reasons why he was stood down and why these other guys wow. were sacked. So I just don't. Interesting. It's you know, and then I just hope when it's all said and done, I hope that we get a result, and I hope it's not to the to the massive detrimental effect of the sharks. But either way, we need to get answers, and we need to get a result from such a yeah. something's been played out in the media, and you know, people have been dragged through the mud, etc. Like if it all just peters away to nothing, and then you've got this aftermath of God knows what's going to be left. Yep. It's um. It's going to be pretty poor form. Yep, I agree. But uh, yeah, in this case, Rabbitohs get the win. That is full time for episode 111. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. And we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you hit the like button, hit the share button on the post, things like that. You know, retweet the stuff that we put up on Twitter, which you guys do anyway. You do a fantastic job, and we thank you very much. iTunes, wow. Mentioned something about reviews last week, and um, didn't you guys fucking deliver in a big way? Absolutely. Uh, five new reviews this week, and uh, we'll just go from the most recent. Must have NRL podcast, five stars from Mango X. Getting better every season. Love your work, boys. Funny stuff, and you really know your stuff. Do yourself a favor and give it a go. Then we've got a hash people giving one star in decline. Five stars from Mickey T, 1985. How anyone can give this dynamic duo one star is beyond me. And while some may not like their blatant homerism, it's what makes this show enjoyable and funny. Um, he does go on to say some more, and I don't have it in front of me. Fucking fail. Me in decline. <laughs> but thank you very much Mick it was uh, Mick Tracy no one's got any Mick. interest in anything he has to say exactly exactly uh, we got I Heart TWI League five stars from Erin Louise Tate so I think this is a bit of a payback for giving her you know mentioning her name to Maddie last week as so, a potential stalker yeah, as a potential stalker It's <laughs> awesome podcast by two of the good guys who not only genuinely love rugby league but know a heck of a lot about it their recaps and previews are comprehensive but hilarious and sometimes harsh but always fair Wow. Which I'll remind her when, I'm, when I shit on the Broncos from a yeah. great height. <laughs> she has Next to... time she pulls out her claws to start scratching your face off, just remember we're always harsh, yeah. but 
always fair. Yeah. Now, there's something in every podcast for every NRL fan, even famous guest stars like Matt Levinez and Choppy Close. I especially love how Nate and Glenn interact with listeners via Twitter and Facebook and take into consideration their thoughts and ideas and, of course, mercilessly sledge them. I even kept listening after Nate called the great man Lockie a turnstile. That's how good they are. <laughs> Love your work, guys. <laughs> um, we've got another one here. Here we go, boys. Five stars from Ben1109. Knowledgeable, concise, funny, entertaining. No, really. I'm only posting this because they wanted me to rate in the iTunes top 10 in their first week back. And why not? The guys are the most knowledgeable and entertaining rugby league podcast on the planet. Hash, gotta love this podcast. And finally, we have, like listening to two drunken ex-cons in a pub chat about footy, five stars from <laughs> Bet This Name Isn't Taken. <laughs> it's a podcast about the footy made by two mates that talk about the footy, slander the hey, 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 let's players. not call us mates. Yeah, well, this is the thing, you know, people know the story how this show came together. And I mean, you know, when we started, we really didn't know each other that well. <laughs> um, where are we? Slanders, the refs, officials, the players, commentators, and 14 of the 16 teams, their own are naturally immune from such slander. They call it, like I see it, in a humorous and to the point couple of hours weekly. So, I don't know, my team's devoid of slander. Yeah, I mean, because I, I certainly touch up. Yeah, I, I certainly touch them up for you. <laughs> but thank you very much for the reviews. And, um, and you know, whether it was reviews and new subscribers, I mean, just like I see see on the, the desktop all the time while I'm working through the data, see you know, bam, new follow, new follow, new follow all the time, and um, and we did, we, we I think we got up to uh, as high as number two that I saw on the charts the day that we released it, and at this point we're still in the top ten, and that wasn't usually the you know that wasn't always the case. I mean, no. usually you would sort of you know uh, get in the top five somewhere. And then, you'd, you know, you'd kind of dip down, um, you know, towards the end of the cycle. But, you know, here we are recording the next episode and we're still in the top eight at the time of recording, top 10 in the time of recording. So that's fantastic. And um, it just goes to show, you know, you guys are awesome spreading the word and uh, getting it done for us. Now, tipping. One week down. So, you know, there's not a lot in it. But we've only got three people who uh, got a perfect round last week in our tipping competition. And we've got tons of, you know, over 100 people in the tipping comp, I think. Mm. Um, number one, Skinny, who's a guy that we know very well. Uh, Sky, whose uh, little ones get swimming lessons at the same yes. time as your son and my two kids. Yes. So uh, he's uh, yeah eight from eight, and he's number one. Andrew Smyrniotis, he's also 100%, so he's in second position. Must be on the, uh, the differential thing. And uh, the real Jedi, he also... So that's fantastic to see two Manly fans in the top uh, three. Yes, and not really. Fourth, Animal NZ. Seven, he's a Manly fan as well. Jesus. And we've got Toto, then on seven, we've got a lot of people, but uh, we've got Toto TV on seven. We've got Lanier, Manly fan on seven. Williams277, Manly fan on seven. Um, we've got Barjars Hanson on seven. Ben Dunn on seven. Michael Darren79 on seven. And me on seven. So I'm one point off the top, but I'm in 11th place. How do I go? 37th. But I think you're on only, I think you're on about sixth. Six, six uh, right out of eight. It was... I never get seven. You know, I, I don't think I got a perfect round all last year. Yeah. And I barely got about five a week. So for, to get seven in the first week, I was, you know, very happy. It's probably the best score I've got in 12 months. Um, which means it's probably a very easy round to tip. <laughs> if I got that many. <laughs> Fantasy. We don't hit the head-to-head stuff in our competitions for a couple of weeks yet, but we do have that overall group competition. And... Uh, I didn't take notice of where we are in in, in the uh, in, in this competition at the moment. How dare you! Uh, but uh, I just wanted to give uh, some shout out to the guys at the top. Uh, Millsy's mongrels. Jesus, uh, who do, the hell's that? Doing very well. Got one thousand one hundred eighty nine in the first week. Is that the guy that the 
host of the new Young Talent Time, Millsy? Probably not. That's what you remember Millsy from, is it? Okay. Gavin's Guns. So he's uh, got uh, 11.42, another high score. Uh, Dane Laurie for PM. Is <laughs> that 11.39? That guy should just win everything yeah. due to his uh, team name. Mighty Bulldogs, yeah. 11.36. Toto's Terrors, 11.17. So he's in the uh, top five of the, of the fantasy group and top five of the tipping. Nice one. We've got Cheek Star, 11.12. The B Team, 11.10. And that's, uh, that's Marcus A, so I assume that could be Marcus. Uh, Broncos oh, fan, Oh, yeah. Known. Court of Jowls, Nigel Bridgman, 1108. Sea Eagle Assassins, Johnny G, a.k.a. Berkeley Eagle on Twitter. That's 1104. And that's everyone. That, that's the top nine, and they're the guys that got over 1100 in the first uh, week. And, and, that's where you got to be, eh? And I highly commend the Drop Bears, Michael K. He got uh, 1099. So that's not bad in the first week. It's It's... It's hard. I mean, like, I really only care about the head-to-head stuff. So I've got a couple of weeks to kind of build your team. But, you know, these guys have shot out of the gates with great, great points early on. Yeah. So, you know, this, uh, you know, there is a competition here and this group is going to come down to, uh, you know, points rather than wins and stuff like that. So, you know, good on you guys for getting out there early. And uh, shop, of course, we still got stock of the Revelation shirt, hats and stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop. As I said last week, you know, we're going to clearance mode. You'll see the price of the Revolution shirt is uh, in stock, limited numbers of each size, and it's half price. So you can pick it up for 20 bucks, I think it is now. Um, Cheap as chips. Yep, and uh, we want to get new stock of everything in, and including rally towels. So if you spend over 50 bucks, we'll throw in a stubby cooler for free. And, uh, you know, we want to get stuff done like Tigers in Decline shirts and, you know, that kind of stuff and Tool Nation shirt and things like that. So, as we said at the top of the show, this rally tower shit has not slipped us by as a possibility as well. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, get in there, grab yourself a shirt, grab yourself a hat, especially the hats. And it was good to see some hats at the uh, the footy on Friday night yep. too. So uh, Good times. It was good times. And the good thing about the hat is, you know, you can wear your jersey, support your team, and throw the hat on top and, you know. So what us two Just legends look like a general smooth motherfucker. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Jonesy looks sensational in his hat. I must say. Well, it was the best thing about him. <laughs> the best part was it was covering up a large portion of his head. <laughs> so that's it for this week. It is. Go Manly again. West Tigers, please don't suck as bad this week. Yeah, I couldn't take two performances like that in a row. I had enough of them last season. See you next week. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.